is. Okay. Yep. <laughs> it's recording. We're good. Okay. Are you good? Welcome to another episode of Kissed by Fire, the podcast coming to you from north of the wall right through the Skirling Pass. I'm (laughs) B-Word. Sorry, that was really funny. Uh, Yeah, you're B-Word and I'm Steph Lioness. We want to apologise profusely for being quite slow about getting this latest one out to you. Uh, There are various reasons. It's been quite a mad month of May, Beth absolutely smashed her final assessments for university um and i moved house and i caught covid all at the same time um and a little extra <laughs> surprise for you is that we've actually already recorded this episode uh last week and um i did a boo-boo and <laughs> i deleted my audio so we're yay to do it yay Isn't that lovely? It's just more talking yay it's fine so what fun yay that's <laughs> fine um what fun um yes it'll be fine and it'll just be extra good for you because we've already done it and so we'll just have really salient it might actually be really good because yeah we'll be very concise and it should be a change for us maybe we should do this more often look into this for us yeah. uh, uh, anyways we are yeah, back exactly. uh to re-record our thoughts on uh the chapter of the three <laughs> brides uh from fire and blood by george R. R. martin we certainly are um we're gonna be doing about half of the chapter um uh yep yeah, you heard it three brides that's right more brides and just when you thought you'd had enough during megal's rule there are more more people more, more. Being married. they never cease uh, in this chapter, we learn uh, even more about the boy King Jaharis, his mother, his hand, and and hand, I don't mean the hand that is on his wrist, um, his hand of the king, mm. and how they organize a good <laughs> yep. old nuptial shindig in Royal Westerosi society. Indeedly do. I don't know why I just said indeedly do. That's a real Ned head thing to say. There you go, Ned. Ned Flanders. Exactly. Ned, Ned Stark Flanders, um, winter is coming and deedly do. <laughs> uh, before we get into the episode, uh, and don't switch off just because it's all about brides, it's really interesting. We get really good character deep diving mm-hmm. in this episode. You know, if you're not into weddings, that's fine, but we do learn a lot of stuff. But anyway, before we get into it, let's thank our patron from the Queen's Guard level. That's Chris B, the Song of Ice. Your support means everything to us and it helps us keep going even helps us keep recording twice this yeah episode twice. <laughs> everything's better when it happens twice uh and this is a yes. good place to remind you that you can join us on patreon we have uh, many tiers uh one tier the dire wolf tier has nobody there um 
So uh, that's no that's one that you can hop on and, and be the first direwolf, the only first be a pack um, of direwolf at the direwolf tier. Uh, if you want to support us in some way yes. so that we can continue to do this podcast that we love so much. Uh, we do offer merch hangouts. Um, looks like we have one coming up. Looks like right now it might be the 24th of June. Yep. So keep an eye out for that. Um, yep. uh, Patreons, yep. Mm-hmm. Uh, so Hangouts, Patreon exclusive episodes and early release uh, for Patreons as well. You can find us at Kiss by Fire on Patreon.com. You certainly can. We just released uh, a Patreon exclusive bonus episode um, all about Egon's prophecy, the one revealed to us in mm-hmm. House of the Dragon. Um, it was my my episode, and it, it was, was pretty great. amazing. It, it was, was really I might say so myself. Yeah. It was pretty uh, incredible. And we had references to Macbeth and <clears throat> other things and uh, the reeds <laughs> and all kinds of things. Not the reeds like in the in the in the rivers. House I mean, reed. like house yeah. reed. Um, um, yeah. So yeah. But if you want to chat about things like that and more. We're on Twitter at Kissed Podcast, and you can even email us if you'd like, because nobody has yet. Even I even think we should give out a prize to who whosoever pops our email cherry on Kissed by Fire the Podcast at gmail dot com. Come on, you know you wanna send us something. Yeah, tell me something do. good <laughs> <laughs> through email. Okay. Is that, at, did you... Tell me something good. Three email at Kiss by Fire the podcast. Is that a song? You don't know that Did song? Did you make that song up? Yeah. I'm not going to no? sing any more of it because I don't want to. Um, I don't know who sings it. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Tell me something. Who's it by? Who's it by? Uh, who's it by? I don't know. I'll Google it. I'll Google you talk. If it came out after 1994. No, it was. it's an uh, early, uh, early one. Tell me that you Is it? In. Yeah. I, li- I don't know it. Babe, don't know it. Okay. Uh, maybe you could sing a little song to Beth at uh, kissbyfirethepodcast at gmail.com she seems to like that but please do email us email us with chats nice things don't say anything horrible that would be horrid and also please do review us that would be nice too on whatever wherever you get your podcasts send us a, like a review or something you know it helps people find us if you have something nice to um, say say it loudly yeah that's yeah none of that yeah, yeah. don't don't say shit things yeah. that would be shit but feel free to leave us a review um, tell me something good is a song written by Stevie Wonder and was released in 1974, what? sung by um, Rufus and Chaka Khan. Oops. Get out of town. <clears throat> you know it. If I sung it with any justice, um, <laughs> and uh, um, you'd know it. <laughs> I'll send it to you. I like Stevie Wonder. I love Stevie Wonder. Chaka Khan. Chaka 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 Khan. Okay. Well, after that, shall we get into the episode? Let's do it. Yeah. Let's do it. Uh, let's do it. So cool. Let's get into the episode. If you know that song, that's Cole Porter. <laughs> that's a um, it's called The Year of the Three yes. Brides, but I think we're only going to cover two of them today. We are, yes. There's uh, two royal marriages. Two royal marriages. They're quite different. <clears throat> mm-hmm. One is very secretive and very small. The other is lavish and lewd. Mm-hmm. Uh, very lewd indeed. <laughs> Pervy, um, even. Lord, yeah, pervy pants. Lord pervy pants, Rogar. <laughs> it's even more pervy <laughs> if you remember that pants in the UK means panties and not um, Please don't say panties. <laughs> panties is a horrible word. Is it? Panties is really horrible really? word. 
Yeah. Little pa- panties. Take your panties off. I mean... It's just so awful. Well, a nurse said that to me once when I was having a smear test. This is lovely, TMI. <laughs> and I was just like, ew, never say panties to me again. Interesting. So it's like, it's what children might say. They're panties. I say panties all the in, time. In... I also do have two female presenting children, so I say panties. But also I call men's yeah. underwear panties. <laughs> So I'll be like running through the store looking for something and I'll be like, you know, can I help you find something? I'm like, yes, I'm looking for men's panties. And that's actually come out of my mouth. (laughs) And the look on the salesperson's face is like, what? (laughs) That's amazing. Um, Okay. Yeah, no, we don't say panties. If you say panties in the UK, people will look at you well weird. Really? Panties. Yeah. It's pants, underpants or pants, which is very odd because in... um, in in America, obviously in the US, pants is trousers or jeans. So there was, in the film that confused me the most with this was actually Back to the Future, uh, when <laughs> Marty McFly goes back in the past. Sorry, spoilers. <laughs> I mean, the movie's like 20 plus years old. So if they haven't seen it by now, that's on them. Some <laughs> people might not have seen it. Some people have never even seen Star Wars. So that's true. Um, so he goes back to 1955 in a DeLorean and then he goes up a tree to stop, I think, to stop his dad from perving on his mum in the past or something. And then he falls out the tree and gets hit by a car or something. I can't remember. And he wakes up and they've taken off his trousers and he's wearing his underwear. And they make a point of that because the woman thinks that his name is Calvin Klein because it's what's on what's his pants, on what's on his underwear. Yeah. And... And he gets out of bed and goes, where are my pants? And for a huge portion of my life, I would be sitting there thinking, you're fucking wearing it. You just talked about <laughs> you just how people that. you're in your pants. What do you mean, where are my pants? <laughs> how hard did you hit your head? And I've it has taken me so long. It, oh, I've got to get a fresh pair of pants on. It's like, what? what did you do to your pants? What? Did you poo yourself? What's happening? <laughs> I gotta find myself a fresh pair of pants. Let me put my pants on first. I what? So very confusing. So when I say Lord Rogar pervy pants, I'm talking about his underwear. She his means his panties. <laughs> no, <laughs> not that horrible word. <laughs> so gross. Uh, that horrible word. Yeah, pervy pants. You can say pants, underpants, or underwear. And those are the acceptable words for what you wear. As, we as your we might not be able to holiday together, Steph. <laughs> <laughs> Why? Because what I say I the word panties like always. It's like, it's Why? like my underwear Why words. I don't say underwear, pants? I say panties. Panties, panties, panties. Panties, panties. Why? <laughs> Just don't talk about them as much. Though. You don't know how many times um, we're getting ready in the morning and it's like, Loki, get some panties on. <laughs> Oh man, no. It just sounds horrible and wrong. Panties. The other unacceptable one is knickers. I oh, I like word. that knickers. word. I like knickers. <laughs> no, it's awful. Knickers. Knickers to that. Um, no, I don't like it. Knickers. Put your knickers on. It just sounds really gross. I like it. Apparently, <laughs> I, I like, like gross it. words. I like it. Uh, speaking of gross, I need to warn you that my chair is really. Uh, creaky so it's not me being gross it's my chair and sometimes our chairs like to have conversations and then we'll creak back at her chair 
There it is. It just, <laughs> it do. just did. It just. Oh, yeah. that's nice. Yeah. So they're just chatting to each other. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, what were we talking about? Um, oh, yeah, Lord Rogar. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Lord Rogar, pervy pants, hand of the king. Uh, he is fleshed out quite literally in this chapter. Uh, and he gets married to the king's very own mother. Nice. Mm-hmm. Isn't that lovely? Mm-hmm. So let us All begin. Romance, I'm sure. Let us. Oh, I know. It's just so nice when a pervy guy marries your mum. Yeah. Yeah. Sure, it makes for some super comfortable conversations. Yeah. Yeah. Family dinner would be great. Yeah. Uh, <clears throat> so shall I Shall I begin? Shall I do my Yes, best? do your maester's voice um, and, and do get us going, voice, Steph. Of course. I'm not going to get people going. That's a different kind of podcast. My goodness. Um, <laughs> Can they get you all going? Okay. The year of the three brides. 49 AC. The 49th year after Aegon's conquest gave the people of Westeros a welcome respite from the chaos and conflict that had gone before. It would be a year of peace, plenty and marriage, remembered in the annals annals, of the Seven Kingdoms as the year of the three brides. So there we go. The annals. The annals of Westeros. word. Annals and annals and also penal system is funny too. <laughs> Those are words that This is the quality content funny. you get here on the Kiss My Fire podcast. <laughs> anyway, sorry. Uh, my mind is somewhere else today. In the, gu- in the gutter. Who was the first bride? Tell us about our first bride, my darling. Our first bride was my lover. I'm a little sad she got married. My lover? My lover. We fight over her. Yeah. Um, yes, okay. the, the our lovely Raina Targaryen married yep. um, the second son of a small mm-hmm. house. Uh, so, the Lords of Fair yeah, Isle. Yeah, the Lords of Fair Isle. She married Andrew Farman. Because uh, that's where she'd been living, isn't it? She'd been staying in Fair Isle for quite some yes, time. She, yeah. she was there when Magor called her to court to get married. Yes, because was she, she was probably in a relationship with... Uh, one of the women there, right? Alyssa? Probably, yeah. 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 Drama. We don't know yet. But she certainly liked it there. Because mm-hmm. um, she went there from Casterly Rock, didn't she? Because mm-hmm. they're a Westerlands she, she was in. Yeah, she was Yeah, she was in the Westerlands, trapped in Craig Hall with Egon. And she went to... Then she moved to Casterly Rock, where she had her babies. I need to move, because my bum's going numb. So just have a little... Here we go. <laughs> Just listen to that. Um, and then she went to the Fair Isle because she wanted some peace and quiet. And that's where she was called by Meg. I'm sure it was there. It was there or Castle Rock. I think it was um, Fair Isle. I think it was. I yeah. think. And basically, as soon as um, Jaehaerys was anointed in Old Town, she went back. She was like, I'm having none of this. I don't want to go yeah. back to court. I want to go back to Fair Isle. Yeah. Um, and probably and- Jaehaerys wanted her a little out of the spotlight because she also could have had a claim she oh, she definitely stepped her own claim aside if, like her yeah. child is his heir right now yeah yeah so that's mm-hmm. yeah she would have had a claim ahead of her daughter but uh jaharis mm-hmm. stepped on that so having her out of king's landing and out of the spotlight might have been a good thing yeah. for them possibly possibly i don't know is he that kind of guy not sure i guess we'll find out because <laughs> we're gonna learn a lot more about jaharis it's true we're not as much in this as chapter, but, but we start to dig into. No, we the, s- we start a to good yeah. Long 
rain, yeah. And it's an interesting one, you might notice, and it does come up that it's an... It, it, so it was the groom's first marriage. He was 17 and she was 26, even though it was her third marriage. Being like your third marriage by the age of 26 is pretty awful. Yeah, and right? she was That's twice of, widowed by now too. To, twice to widowed. Boot. That's a lot of grief. A lot of grief. So some might wonder why she married a second son of a low-down lord. Um, and there are lots of reasons why. Very many reasons why, I'd say. Uh but one of them probably being just wanting a bit of a quiet life. You know, I think so. Not having, you know, like not being in the spotlight, I guess. Not having to kind of... Because even if she'd married, say, some big lord, you know, an heir or a lord or something, which she's entitled to as a essentially a queen. She was a queen, yeah. Yeah, queen consort. Um, yeah. You still have a ton of stuff to do. You have to represent that. You have to run that household. You have to represent the household. You have to arrange marriages. It's it's a big job being the the lady. Like you know, imagine being the imagine if you married a Stark or a Lannister or something like that. It's a very important, busy job. You you can't just sort of, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Coast your way through that, really. But with somebody who's a second son of a minor lord, and we'll get onto the other reasons why it's a wasn't maybe the best match, but one of the reasons she probably chose it was like this is a quiet life. I don't, I don't have to do. I can I can hang out with who I want to hang out with, and no one's going to be watching me or putting demands on me. Well, and she um, she <clears throat> being her her status. Marrying mm. someone who is well beneath her status is a little bit, mm. it creates a power dynamic in a marriage, right? And she's yes. a woman in oh, Westeros yeah, who wouldn't have had a lot of power, mm. right? In general. Mm. And she's gone through two marriages with zero agency almost. I mean, she's outspoken and, and everything um, for sure, but she didn't have, especially in her relationship with Magor, I mean, she was obviously horrendously abused. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. So I think being in marrying someone who is younger than her and um, and like I said, a lesser status than her gives her gives her some agency, some power in her marriage in a way. Right. Mm, mm, So I think that that was probably a factor for her, not just freedom, Mm. but also, you know, the this idea for her that she had some some power. But it was so far removed from the crown lands. That she couldn't be yeah. someone else's puppet. She couldn't be used for someone right. else's needs again for a third yeah. marriage, which we learned very okay. shortly was it was possible that was a plan for her. Um, and also, I mean, the obvious is that you know she's she's gay. We know that she's gay or queer, yeah. and yeah. Uh, and Andrew might have been passive enough to let her be that, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So just to go, I I mean, it says here that. <clears throat> He was younger, a comely, or comely, however you say that, uh, amiable youth who was said to be utterly besotted with his new wife. So he obviously had affection for her, or according to the maesters, he had affection for her. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. So that probably suited her, just something a bit quiet. Like, you couldn't get further removed from Magor, basically. Yeah, yeah. 
so their wedding was very small. It was it was done on Fair Isle, and it was conducted by the Septon there, um, presided over by the groom's father, Mark Farman. So the only great lords who came were uh, Lyman Lannister and his wife, Jocasta. They were the lords and lady of Casterly Rock. Uh, but that was it. That for, for fancy pants people, that was it. It says, two of Raina's former favourites, Samantha Stokeworth and Elaine Rice, made their way to Fair Island in some haste to stand with the widowed queen. Mm-hmm. Uh, they were like, she's getting married, I've got to be with her. Maybe they wanted to be there for the wedding night. Uh, help out a bit. <laughs> <laughs> for the wedding, yeah. Maybe. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. And there's also the groom's high-spirited sister, the lady Alyssa. She's someone whose name you should try to remember. Mm-hmm. I kind of like it because it's like the, the polycule is there. Yeah, yeah. You've got... All the little, um, all the metamors and everyone's there, yeah. Exactly. <clears throat> you've got lovely, you've got Andro, you've got Samantha, Elaine, Alyssa. Do you Lee. think Andro might have also shown queer tendencies and so she picked him as a good match as someone who wouldn't maybe pressure her? Possibly. Uh, we do learn a lot about him later on mm-hmm. and I think he is... N- Without spoiling it, he's not a particularly manly man. Mm-hmm. He doesn't show a lot of. He doesn't. He's not interested in a lot of the stuff that other men are interested in. Yeah, I think that's that's fair. Other men in Westeros are interested in. Yeah, he's yeah. Without yeah, yeah. yeah. We talk he more about it. He doesn't display sure. that. Yeah. Um. So that probably made her feel safe. Like he, you know. I don't want to go into it but he's he doesn't show that kind of brutishness yeah exactly he's he's anti like the opposite of rogar for sure if, if someone another groom yeah. we're going to cover very soon right he's he's not yeah yeah doesn't seem to be he's inclined to yeah he's not lusty he's not no. super inclined to major um weaponry or anything <laughs> sorry about chair. my chair um yeah i love the way they call the sister high-spirited yes that's just totally and utterly a euphemism for gay yeah yeah <laughs> high spirited no oh, she's very high spirited mm-hmm. she's a lesbian okay cool okay. fair enough yeah fair enough how do you call someone a lesbian without calling them a lesbian high spirited <laughs> so yeah so everyone else was just bannermen and, and knights sworn to house farman or house lannister and the people who did not know about the marriage was the king and the rest of the royal court they didn't know about it until a raven from Castle Rock brought word days after the wedding feast and the bedding that sealed the match. Obviously, you can have a wedding, but a wedding without a bedding in some be parts of Westerosi society yeah. can be, yeah, it can be like, if you haven't consummated, then we can put this aside. So they'd had the wedding, had the bedding, and they're like, right, let's let, let's let the, the kings know. And obviously that's, the king gets to decide and have the final word over all royal marriages. Mm-hmm. So it's kind He's of... supposed to. So it's a big deal. He's supposed to, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And and more, in this case, obviously, it was it was less the king himself, but more the hand of the mm. king who was... Um, and mother of the king. And the mother of the king who were sort of controlling... She, apparently she was deeply... It says here she was deeply offended by her exclusion from her daughter's wedding. I mean, I think most parents would... Feel that way. I mean, she was like, "You're at the first two, Mom. Do you need to be at the third? Yeah. <laughs> Do you need to be at this one? Yeah. Um, and also, it was quite clear that they were going to object massively yes. to it. Yeah. Go, you're marriaging way beneath you. You're marrying. What's that? <laughs> you are performing marriaging way beneath you. Um, yeah. She's 
they yeah so Alyssa didn't was annoyed that she wasn't invited and Lord Rogar was furious that Reyna had dared remarry without the crown's leave how dare mm-hmm. you have any say and of course it would have been not Jaehaerys who got to decide it would have been Rogar it would have been Rogar yeah 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 because Jaehaerys was only 15 at the time or something yeah he was so. still in a regency um yeah yeah and Rogar they mention here that Rogar had some relatives, some brothers, and I think nephews yep. that um, might have been, uh, in his, in Rogar's opinion, a better match for Reyna, which of course was exactly what Reyna was was trying to avoid was mm-hmm. yeah. someone else taking bro- taking yeah, that exactly. Yeah. She wanted to be another marriage pawn. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's it's a rubbish life. Yeah, for they, and it comes up in House of the Dragon, like a woman's job is to marry and produce it. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it doesn't have to be love. Viserys does say to Rhaenyra at some point, like, I don't care who you choose, it's as long as you love them, Mm -hmm. you know. And obviously he doesn't really like her choice in the end, but um, it is a, it's it's a crappy life. You find, you you produce heirs. And Rhaena's already done that. She's already done that, like, Westerosi duty. She has already married. She married the crown prince. She produced heirs. She has the king's heirs, her child. So I think I can see why she would be like, I've already done my duty and now I'm going to take this time Mm. for myself and and do my own thing. Although, I mean, yeah, but she's been a queen twice. So the the farmer's affair must have been like, oh my God, we've got a queen in the family. Yes. (laughs) Jackpot. This is amazing. We never thought this would happen. Uh, We thought we'd just get lucky with like a a crate hall. But we've got a queen. We've got a Targaryen. If they'd produced heirs, then potentially you could have had dragon riders in the Westerlands. Potentially. Potentially. Yeah, there's, there's so potential. I, you can see that there's another reason why... Maybe the Targaryens are thoughtful with who they marry, is to be careful with the power they, their blood can provide. Well, yeah. I mean, that's why they marry... Each other. Inwardly. Yeah. With each other. Because they want to keep the bloodlines pure. Yeah. They probably don't want to share their their dragon abilities. You know, what if it's possible that they wouldn't have been dragon riders? But it is also possible that if she'd produced any children with Andrew Farman, that she she would have they could have had a hat, at least would have had a hatchling. Could have done. I mean, also uh, that would presume that her dragon Dreamfire had had a clutch at this point because they're just on Fair Isle, so mm. we don't know that. They had eggs. Well, you never know. It's just I don't know. They they could have. Suppose. It's just it's just an interesting thought that I you know you'd be okay. Well, you're maybe sharing dragon power mm-hmm. to a a part of the land like that they've never married into because at this point the Targaryens had only ever married Targaryens or Valerians, and that was it, isn't it? Oh, uh, High Tower, High Tower, and a. F- and a couple of other people. Yeah, Megor married a bunch about. of people. So they did extend mm-hmm. for the sake of it was desperation. But it was only like it was mainly people Yeah. It was just people that like Haraway, High Tower. I mean he married yeah. someone from Essos. It was really he was they were yeah. marrying like I said, Megor was marrying for desperation, yeah. he was marrying fertile people. And also it's different because he is a he is a Targaryen, so they take the Targaryen name. Whereas for a woman to marry, you lose technically your Targaryen name. So you're actually saying that Farmans, like what would happen if the Farmans became dra- dragon riders? 
Yeah. There's a lot of uh, a lot of ifs in it for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. But it's kind of like you're giving away our Yeah. But but just thing. just on the same page, we see a Targaryen marry a Baratheon mm-hmm. in a minute. We see, yeah, we see, we you know, so it's not just about the Targaryen power. Although, the Baratheons are, by birth. we'll talk about it in a second, probably. The Baratheons already are dragon yeah. blood. They're already dragon. They already are, exactly. So, but but none of them are dragon riders at this point. We've not, even though they, they were um, descended from the bastards of, of Aenar. No. Uh, theoretically, not, then no. they're not dragon riders. So I wonder, maybe no. Reyna's kids wouldn't have been dragon riders with Andro. Mm-hmm. Don't know. Yeah. Don't know. We don't know. So, so that I think that's about all they mention about her wedding. It's a very short section. Yeah, and just that it's King an interesting... Jaehaerys himself and Alysanne were were happy for Rena. I think that they wanted her to have some peace after mm-hmm. her marriage to Maegor. Yeah. So they mm-hmm. rang the bells and they sent her presents, and they were happy yeah. for her. I think that's important to note. Yeah, yeah, they did. They definitely did. But that's when they. Um, chose uh the councils uh the, sorry the councillors for who would actually be on the small council for the king mm-hmm. as well so it's the same kind of time so um Jaehaerys himself and his mother the queen regent selected the councillors and it says again so he's known as Jaehaerys the conciliator and conciliation remained their guiding principle they didn't want the divisions that had previously been in Westeros uh, and torn them, torn the, basically the continent apart oh, yeah. they had, from Magor and Aenys. They had a realm to rebuild. Um, they, they had trust to regain. Yeah. They had to, they had to yeah. reunite the kingdoms. I mean, it was almost. Yeah. I wouldn't say like starting where Aegon started, but certainly Magor had no. taken them back. Mm. Yeah. yeah, and they needed to. They didn't want to just reward only pe- people who had been um, loyal to them, and ex- at the exclusion of Magor, mm-hmm. because. They knew that this would only make things worse. So they, they brought back Edwell Celtigar. Fuck, is it Celtigar or Celtigar? We've been through this so many times. I would Celtigar. say Celtigar. Okay. Celtic. I'm going to try and remember just to say Celtigar because of Celtic. Um, so in Edwell Celtigar had been the hand of the king under Magor. And uh, Jaehaerys recalled him back to become Lord Treasurer, Master of Coin. Mm-hmm. I really want to know more about the Celticars because they're a Valyrian house. Mm-hmm. I I want more. I, they've got like a really cool Valyrian steel axe on their island. They do. Spoilers. I don't know Spoiler if that's going to come into play. Uh, well, yeah, but it's like, it's just kind of like, that's not spoilers, it's just who they are. <laughs> they have, it's well known about them yeah. that they, they have this Valyrian steel axe and they're, they're, they're not as rich as the other they're kind of like third tier yeah i think they're they they don't have like the trade capital that the other uh Mm. valerians have have been able to Mm. expand in westeros they're they're a smaller Mm. smaller family yeah but odd that you don't really hear of the targaryens marrying them and i wonder if we learn i think even earlier in this or in the um world book that the valerians are not dragon riders but they still were a higher up trade family in Valeria where the Targaryens were a lower lower class dragon riding family mm, mm, um, so mm. I wonder if the Celtigars were a lower class family from Valeria period yeah. like I wonder if it's and classism a little riders. bit in play and that's why yeah. the Targaryens don't marry the Celtigars well 
the Valerians, uh, sorry, Valerians were incredible shipbuilders. Mm-hmm. And so they didn't have dragons, but they built ships and they traveled. They probably therefore played a humongous role in the slave trade yeah. and will have made a lot of money because obviously the Valerians were basically the biggest part of building slaves uh, and bringing slaves to building the world. Building ships and bringing slaves, yeah. Yeah. They are entirely responsible for it, basically. What's well, a practice they took from old Gis. Um, yeah. But they expanded it in a way that had never been seen before. So I reckon the Valarians probably made a ton of money. They would have been so rich from from uh, trading around the world with slaves, with materials, with treasures, spices. Um, and the Targaryens were lower down... dragon riding family but you don't hear of the Celticars being either or that they don't yeah what they're not like at least the Targaryens were dragon riding and the Valarians had ships what did what did did the Celticars do do? yeah we just don't know we don't know so maybe they just didn't tend to intermarry with families like that that's why I wonder if they were like I said sort of of a a lower class than the other two even in Valeria so they just never crossed over even in Westeros or a different yeah, or just a different thing like... Um, different speciality or whatever. Different speciality or they're like, well, we just don't really mix with you guys because you're yeah. different. So we don't know. We, don't we just know. don't know enough about um, Valyrian life and class systems and things like that. But speaking of Valarians, um, the king asked his uncle, yes, Uncle Damon Valarian, to be, uh, who was Lord of the Tides, to be the admiral and master of ships, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, which is pretty good. Yep, no surprise, really, since it's pretty much a hereditary position at this point. It becomes her, yeah. becomes cut, basically, unofficially yeah. hereditary. And uh, he was one of the first lords to abandon Maegor the Cruel. Nice. Then you've got, so you've got someone from the Crownlands. Is Sel- Celtigar, that's Crownlands. I believe they are Crownlands as well. Lands. Um, and then you've got someone from the Riverlands, Prentice Tully, Lord of Riverla, Riverrun, was summoned to court. You can probably now hear my children in the background. Um, so he was summoned to court to serve as Master of Laws. And then his wife, Lady Lucinda, famed for her piety, came with him. They talk about her piety a lot. I don't really care about Lady Lucinda's piety. She doesn't come up very often, <laughs> no, she but when doesn't. she does, they're like, she's very pious. I, I was thinking she's about this for her a little bit yeah. in two places. Like, what, like what's the, what does it matter? And is it just to, A, just to provide a character instead of just, and his wife came with him? Um, or if it's to say, like, well, she's religious and he's the ma- master of laws and so you know he religious yeah, religious laws and stuff like that. So it'll come together and, and to as a nod to um, Magor's, <clears throat> excuse me, to Magor's um, big fallout with the faith and sort of a a little rebuilding with the faith there. That's what I wonder. Uh, yes, no, I agree with you that the Master of Laws to have some like to point out like because obviously Magor really messed things up with the faith. Yeah, yeah. So I um, wonder. So to kind of say, look, we're going to have a very pious. Um, it reignites it, it you know, reties a connection to the faith to yeah. try to restore yeah. that a little bit. I wonder if she came by because obviously she was the one who brought um, Ribbity Robbity, what's his name? Joffrey Doggett back into the fold. Yeah. Oh my god, my kids are making so much noise. All the doors are closed. It's all right, you can't hear it that much. 
She'll be fine. Okay. And then she might be able to dull it, it down. It's going to be... Bit, right? I might be able to. But sorry about that, everybody. You're going to be hearing... <sighs> if only I could just... I might just give tell my partner to put sweets in their mouths and give them a tablet. To right. Them. <laughs> yeah. Just make them be quiet. No, no one's fine. Um, yeah. What was I saying? Oh, yeah. So Lady Lucinda brought Joffrey Doggett back into the fold, who was a big problem for Westeros because he was the head of he was like the unofficial head of the um the faith militant wasn't yeah he? but then he became Who, his king's guard right he, he, he's, king's he's guard, now actually so. one of his king's guard yeah. so perhaps it's kind of like to another way of conciliating the faith exactly yeah and bringing these people back to the fold and it again. shows them pri- yeah. it still shows them that they're a priority they're just not they mm-hmm. just don't have the the power that they had before right yeah exactly yeah yeah and then in charge of um, the City Watch, which is the largest armed force in King's Landing, that was given to Carl Corbray, Lord of Heart's Home, who had actually fought beside Aegon the Uncrowned beneath the God's Eye. Um, Corbrays, they're very fighty-fighty, aren't they? They're a scrappy family, yeah. They're from they're the Vale. Lots of... Yeah, they are. But there's a, always lots of stories about them being... Because uh, isn't... Who's the other... You've got Joffrey Doggett. Who's the other of the King's Guard? Isn't he a Corbray? I don't think so. I thought it was. Um... Oh no, it's a Mor. Is it a Morrigan? Yeah. Giles Morrigan, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. Um. Oh well. Disregard what I was about to say. <laughs> but yeah, the Corbrays come up a lot. They're very, very. They're known for fighting fighty, prowess. Fighty. They're they're good. They have a Valyrian yeah. steel blade as well. They um, do. Lady Forlorn. Lady Forlorn, yeah. So it's a good council. Mm. You know, you've got representation from quite a good places. Oh, above them all is obviously Rogar Baratheon, Lord of Storm's End and Hand of the King. Mm-hmm. But, you know, you've got a Tully. You've got a... T- you know, they kind of fit. You've got a Valarian who's in charge of ships. Makes sense. A Celtic... Or a Celtigar, whoops. Uh, on hand, another Valyrian family doing laws... No, that's not laws. What are they? Yeah, master. Of, no, master of coin. coin. Yeah, I feel like the Tullys would be perfect for laws because they're like family duty on. Yeah, so they're all about like doing yeah, the, right, the thing. right thing. Yeah. Um, um, but I like he. It's interesting if you look at where all these people come from. So you have the Vale. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And the Vale were they sort of stayed out a little bit of Magor's war. I don't think he had any wives from the Vale or anything. Um, the Corbrays fought for Aegon, as they mentioned, Aegon the Uncrowned. Mm-hmm. Um, so they were sort of opposite Magor. The Tullys were on the side of the faith instead of, so again, mm-hmm. opposite Magor. But then you have families who, who did in the Crownlands side with Magor. Yeah. There's a couple of Crownland families there. So I think he did a good job at diversifying and trying to represent, put mm-hmm. someone in power that represented all the factions. Obviously, Dorne and the North are missing, but yeah. we know that that's, mm-hmm. you know. Mm. We know why. Well, the North is far. The North is far, as exactly. Well. It's far, and they stayed out of the war for the most part, right? Like, they mm. didn't really get involved in Magor's war. Yeah, and also, if you believe in Egon's prophecy, mm-hmm. as you know, I do, mm-hmm. and if you believe that the Starks, like with when uh, Egon went and the Conqueror uh, treated, yeah. yeah, Egon the Conqueror treated with Torin Stark, the king who knelt. As we've covered a few episodes ago, it's possible that you know they the ravens were flying all night from them, mm-hmm. and they 
I, there's theories that uh, Torin knows something about it too and that his job or the Stark's job, there must always be a Stark in Winterfell, that the Stark's job is to stay in the north and keep an eye on what's going on up there. But I wonder if if it just came down to they weren't asked because of just sheer trust. Jaehaerys knows the Starks are loyal to the Targaryens mm. uh, because of this mutual cause. Or mm-hmm. is it because, um, like, could they not have spared one? Just someone from a northern family, Starks or Maybe. anyone, you know, to come Maybe, down yeah, and Andalee. and be represented in the council. But like I said, they stayed. They mostly stayed out of the yeah. war. So you can see why Jaehaerys was, yeah, maybe. I mean, yeah. yeah, maybe just didn't think to bring them into it. Right? They've never been on the council before. So no, stuck with relationships he knew he needed to maintain and rebuild. Right? Yeah, yeah, possibly. I still like the idea that he's like, I need to keep the North, you know, fortified. Keep, keep it fortified. We need to keep it as strong as possible. Taking lords and people away from it might be a detriment to it in some way. Maybe. Does Jaehaerys, um, do you think Jaehaerys knows about the prophecy? I think he must have done. I think it must be passed down somehow. It gets, I, I don't know how, but a, maybe, I think Raina knew. I think Raina um, knew, Raina so maybe him. she told Jaehaerys? Yeah, yeah. Perhaps. I think Raina and Aegon will have known. And, uh, oh, I keep banging the table. I gesticulate too much when I'm talking and I have to edit out the noises of me, like, playing with my pen <laughs> all the time or wiggling my butt on the noisy chair. Um, but yeah, I think Raina knew. I, I think the idea that only one person knows is so dumb to me. I just don't think it's possible that only one... Because it's so easy to die in Westeros. I know. It's, it's funny. So and to hear more about this, listeners, become a Patreon and check out Steph's bonus episode yes, on the prophecy. Exactly. <laughs> just honestly, the idea that... It's fresh, that it's fresh on our brain. I'm still, I'm still a bit mixed. I know that it's a George thing. A George, probably a George yeah. edition. But I'm still mixed on blending the cannons. I'm still mixed on using the fire and blood as... Um, and relating it to TV only content, I just like it feels he like it goes against that that everything I stand for. <laughs> I know, I know. He's he has said this is my that's my. It was his addition plot point. Yes, yeah, it's my plot point. So I think, and I can't like it's the the fact that it's like the name of the fucking prophecy is the name of the book series. It's <laughs> like. They could not get away with calling it that. And he'd be like, excuse me, you cannot essentially steal my book my book series name yeah. and apply it to something else. That's true. Um, I'd, be, I'd be very annoyed. Sorry, that's not me again. That's my chair. I'm just putting my feet up on another chair. All right. So Jaharis has his council. He does. And, um, and he likes to go to the council meetings. He does. He likes to be present. He wants to learn. He's eager. He wants to be a good ruler, I think. Mm-hmm. And he was never shy from letting his voice be heard. No. He likes to speak up. Mm-hmm. Um, although the final authority rested with his mother and the hand. Uh, and we learn about Lord Rogar. He's blue-eyed and black-bearded. I nearly got that wrong way around. <laughs> Black-eyed and blue-bearded. <laughs> oh, that's a pirate. Yeah, yeah. Um, blue-eyed, 
blue-eyed and black-bearded and muscled like a bull. I mean, that sounds like it's meant to be from a, like a horrible romance novel. He was <laughs> yes. muscled like a bull, yeah. ladies. Although I would find that exceedingly unattractive. Like a bull, like, ugh. No thanks. Yeah. Yeah. Strong. I would not like to be mounted Strong by a bull. Man. Thanks very much. Yeah. Yes. Um, he's the eldest of five brothers, all grandsons of Oris One Hand, the first Baratheon Lord of Storm's End. Yeah, like it's it's funny to me that the language changed from the first chapter where it was uh, he's said to have been a bastard brother of Oris is said to have been a bastard brother mm-hmm. of Aegon the Conqueror, and then here it's stated like fact. You see, sort of history evolve. Oris had yeah. been a bastard brother to Aegon the Conqueror and his most trusted commander. So it's it's not yeah. it's not just myth anymore. Factually, history yeah. is saying that he was for sure the bastard brother. Yeah. So it's funny. He definitely was. So he's part Targaryen in some way, like a quarter Targaryen. Is that then? If Oris was half Oris Targaryen, was half, and he's his grandson, so he might be even. Oh, is he grandson? Yeah. He'd be like an eighth Targaryen. Yeah. So somewhere in there is dragoniness. Mm-hmm. Um, but he was. So he's part Targaryen, Bar- Baratheon-y, wh- wherever Baratheon comes from. I re- I am obsessed with the, the origins of the house Baratheon. I really want yeah, to know, I wanna know. I'm where they got their name from. We did talk about this when we first recorded, about the literal word of Baratheon. Mm-hmm. Um, because Theon, obviously, the word is Theo, from Greek Theos, meaning God. Mm-hmm. I wasn't quite sure on the prefix bara. Um, you had something to say. Yeah, well, one of the things that I looked up when we when we did do our first recording was bara uh, is another word for casket, like coffin. So it's kind of mm. interesting. We can maybe unpack that a bit more in the spoiler section. Yeah, yeah. God killer. Yeah. Yeah. It's kind of, I mean, yeah, kind of, right? Like, yeah. yeah. Coffin of the gods. So he's Baratheon-y with a little bit of Targaryen in there, but also uh, Oris, when he defeated Argilac the Arrogant, he was that he was the last of House Durandon, mm-hmm. and Ar- and then Oris married Argilac's daughter. So Baratheon and, and Durandon mixed, and they have very very specific look and or um. Rogar is extremely Baratheon-y. Now, I don't know if it's Baratheon, or although it was, Oris was said to have dark hair and blue... Did, does he have dark hair and dark eyes, or dark hair and blue eyes? I don't remember. But it's certainly Durandany to have blue eyes and dark yes. hair. Yes, yeah. And um, Rogar is, like, the embodiment of this, isn't he? Like, yes. muscly, strong, um, and... Uh, blue eyes, dark, bushy beard. Yeah. Almost like, um, what are those Greek god people? Is it like Greek gods? Am I thinking literally of Greek gods? Who are those people? Like beards just squaffing wine. Yeah, you're thinking of like, like, like Zeus. Zeus. Yeah, Zeus and like all that mythology. Like you couldn't make up a more kind of mythological... Fecund. I mean, he's one of well, five brothers. And, yeah, exactly. And beyond that, even that that appearance of virality is very mm. Zeus. And and yes. one thing that uh, uh, Oris would have uh, would be that, that fatherhood as well. Uh, Rogar doesn't have that yet, mm-hmm. at least. 
Uh, I don't know that it's ever something he particularly embodies as that sort of fatherhood, but certainly the womanizing, drinking, all of that mm -hmm. comes down in a very Baratheon yeah. way. But it's funny because you contrast the two houses um, and the Targaryens have that very Greek spelling in their names, the A-E mm -hmm. um, combination yes. yeah, and how they spell things is very Greek. So they have that. Yeah, and they're said to be quite godlike as well. Yeah, I mean the dragon riding blood yeah. and stuff like that. But but as um, yeah. as was mentioned in the early chapters, the Durandans are descendants or conquerors of the storm gods, or they were they descendants yes, of the they, storm they gods. They conquered as well? the storm gods. No, they conquered them. I believe. Okay, so that's where that so... Baratheon also fits in, even though it's not. Yeah. Not yeah. Uh, it would have been the Durandans instead, but that's very god killer, right? They conquered them. Mm -mm. Yeah. Yeah, they they and they that's they built Storm's End, uh, and managed to defeat the Storm Gods and and and, ha and build a castle that they couldn't bring down. Yes, basically, yeah, with the help of um, Brandon of the, Brand Builder. the Builder. Yeah, yeah. Mm. So it's it's it. Yeah, you you couldn't write a more kind of lusty character, and. On top of that, their sigil is a stag. Yeah. Um, and antlers are meant to be symbolised royalty as well. And they were actually put on people back in the way back when, prehistorical times. And uh, they would put antlers on as a, in place of a crown. Mm -hmm. um, and so that's what antl antlers were supposed to symbolise strength. Um, Virility. Royalty. Yeah. Uh, virility um and i think it is aren't like there's i'm sure it's like some of the other like mythological people from westeros don't they wear antlers on their heads doesn't garth the green hand or something wear? yeah i think head? there is garth the green hand yeah and there's um, antlered. and he's supposed to be this like virile person who basically Jizzes out children wherever he goes. Yes. <laughs> yes. Wherever he spills um, his seed, flowers grow. Basically. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. And like Baratheon, like I said, he's muscled like a bull of five brothers. And like you can just imagine them all kind of in their house in Storm's End fighting and doing arm wrestling and hunting with each other. And um, I can't imagine being gender non-conforming in Baratheon. <laughs> no, I know, right? <laughs> Yeah. Like, what, what even like, is what, that? What's her... Yeah. Yeah. Although I, I kind of get the impression that the the Baratheon females, there aren't very many that we hear of. Yeah. They are pretty strong as well. Yeah, they remind so... me of the Mormons in the North, where yes. that's yeah. Even when you talked about the like arm wrestling and whatever, I mean, Bear Island yeah. was one in a in a wrestling mm. match. So like, so they remind me of the the southern yeah. of the same the same make. And again, in you have the strong, a lot of strong women, feisty. They're feisty. Yeah, um, feisty. Yeah. So Rogar, he could claim, therefore, that he's both the blood of the dragon and that of the storm kings uh, flowed in his veins. So he's like, I am blood of the dragon and I am blood of the storm kings. Like you can't beat me. Mm -hmm. That's pretty. 
I'd say there's some arrogance in uh, that. Yep. <laughs> yes. I mean, he is a direct descendant of Argilac the Arrogant. Yes. So maybe arrogance doesn't mm. fall that far from the tree. Perhaps. He also has, doesn't like a sword. What did he prefer? Yes, he, to he likes sword? to wield a double-bladed axe in battle. An axe he mm-hmm. oft said large and heavy enough to cleave through a dragon's skull. Mm. Yeah. We yeah. will talk about that we later sure on will. in the spoiler yes. section. Yes. In fact, we're probably going to talk a lot about Rogar Baratheon a lot in the spoiler yeah. section. <laughs> yeah, I've got a few more than I did so, last time. Isn't that fun? Like we did when we covered this the first time. Um, yeah. I have a bit more to say on other people now. Well, well, well. I haven't even pulled out my notebook. You know, I never do that. But saying that you've got an axe that's large and heavy enough to cleave through a dragon skull around dragons, especially during the reign of Magor is a pretty dumb thing to say. Yeah, it's even honest. wild it's to me that he would have the balls to say it around Jaehaerys. <laughs> like, I know. Like, um, excuse me. <laughs> yeah. Not the best thing prob- to say. Probably not. Probably not. I feel like if he said that around Reyna, she would have been like, the fuck? Yeah. <laughs> like, excuse, excuse me? me. Because even if he, he doesn't mean literally a dragon, but, but symbolism is really important in Westeros. Yeah. So the idea that you're talking about, I, you know, your sigil, the, you know, what you're known for. Yeah. Is... But don't, literally, it means he's threatening in a way. Yeah, it's a threat. He's threatening yeah. the dragon, like even, even the, the present, the um, image of their power. So that's, mm-hmm, it's an interesting mm-hmm. um, thing to have written here. Mm. I mean, he's said to, you know, he, like we just said, he is a descendant of Argolite the Arrogant, yeah. and he didn't hide his uh, dislike of Magor particularly much. No, um, no he didn't. He was the first to give Queen Alyssa shelter when she yeah. left yeah. King's Landing. Um, oh no, Dragonstone, Dragonstone, that's where they came yeah. from. Um, and he was also the first to proclaim Jaehaerys as king. Mm-hmm. And it says his own brother Boris was heard to say that Rogar dreamed of facing King Magor in single combat and cutting him down with his axe. Yeah. I don't know if Rogar is brave or is he stupid, stupid. or is it arrogance? Yeah. What, is, what is that? All of the above. I mean, arrogance All could be conflated with stupidity. All of everything. But... Because he's... When it, as we covered in the last chapter, when it comes down to it, when there have been times when he needed to get an army together, he couldn't be asked. He's going, oh, but at what cost? Can't be bothered. Like he literally said so many times, at what cost, guys? I I suppose I could get an army together to deal with Septon Moon, but at what cost? Yeah, well, because he knew that Septon Moon was plaguing Magor. So why Mm. would he bother? Right? No, but this was after Magor's gone. This was when he was Hand of the King and he was, and Jaehaerys oh, was like, okay. we need to sort this out. And he up. was like, yeah. okay, I suppose I could get an army together, but at what cost? Mm. What? So it's like, so you're, I feel like he's good at talking the talk. Oh yeah, I'd, I'd face down Magor in single yeah. combat. <laughs> yes, that's arrogance, but not necessarily um, able to walk the walk. Yeah. yeah. No. But, I can but imagine like, Magor, was, Magor was definitely known for his uh, martial prowess, but yes rogarm still might but also magor could just literally jump on Balerion and just burn and storms just and, go and burn him yeah so or maybe not because it's maybe not place. i guess we don't know that's true because um oh i won't get into it that's a spoiler mm-hmm. but maybe i'll talk about it later yeah. if i'm gonna yeah. write it down so i don't forget it um 
Talk amongst yourself, people. Instead of a king slayer, Lord Rogar became a king maker, delivering Prince Jaehaerys to the Iron Throne. So that's obviously why he was made hand, is he was the reason for Jaehaerys having having a place in, or having refuge for the years that Magor was ruling, as well as uh, yep. yeah, giving him claim mm. once Magor seemed to be on a downturn. Yeah, and lots of people whispered about Rogar being like, oh, okay, it's here, he's in charge, because guess why? Jaehaerys' dad was weak, and his mother is only a woman. Only a woman. Uh, surprise! Surprise! His mom's a woman. His mom's a woman. I know that's the stupidest <laughs> I mean, I line mom, I've ever some, read in anything. I suppose some mums can be men, uh, but I don't think uh, medical transitioning had come to Westeros at this time. I don't think so. So yeah. I so. so I'm not sure how many men had wombs in Westeros. Yeah. So to say his mother is only a woman. What else would you expect her to be? Just only, only a woman. Like, let me just jab you in the eye with my pencil. Anyway. The idea that blood is like, well, he's had a weak father and his mother's a woman. <laughs> what a terrible thing to say. You know, so people were happy when it was announced that Lord Rogar and Alyssa were going to marry because they were going to go, phew, there's a man on the scene who's going to really sort things out. Mm-hmm. But also... Handle this only a woman. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, just this handless woman. Yeah, I'd like to see him try. Yeah. But the uh, treasonously like, oh, is he going to be the real king? Because obviously Alyssa's a queen. Yeah. And if he marries a queen, does that not make him a king? A little bit. Is he up jumped? I think, yeah. I mean, I think, I don't know that, that Rogar wanted to be king, but I certainly think he wanted the power of it. Right? Mm. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know what's happening right now in my house, but my children are running up and down the corridors. <laughs> so I do apologise for the sound of right. like thudding and you can't really hear much, at least here. So maybe it'll be things that you can sort of. Okay, hear. I think it will be picked up on my microphone. Oh, wow. I'll hear it in the background. Going, oh, oh well, God. everyone knows we're. Parents. Daddy, kind of... daddy, I've done a poo in my house. <laughs> That's what <everyone> hear. <laughs> like, oh great, Super. great. Yeah. yeah, so it's a bit. Also, Jaharis. Um, I'll get onto that. I'll get onto that yeah. because he'd been married before Rogar, yes. but his wife had died young, yeah. and he had no children. Uh, and Alyssa was forty-two, and thought to be, oh, I mean, this is just so old. She's so old at age forty-two; she can never have another yeah. child again. She's basically dead. Yes. Um, you know, if they thought that that uh, woman, uh, Aaron Shara Aaron, at age thirty-seven. 37- was a faded flower (laughs) was a faded flower then Alyssa is a like a smushed bit of old petal like that's been stuck 42 five Uh, years older than that yeah she's just I know she's 42 wilted so it's quite interesting that because he was 10 years younger than her similar to Raina actually right it's funny both of the grooms are 10 years younger than their bride yeah 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 but he is the Lord of Storm's End. Why is he not marrying someone who will definitely provide him an heir? Well, he had a... Riddle, riddle me this. I know he had five. He's like one of five. Yeah. But I just feel like he's the kind of person who'd be like, I will make babies from my penis. You know, he wants one of his body. Does he? He's not going to be is like, that, oh, I don't know it. if I feel like that's super expressed. 
Um, he has, I mean, Storm's End is assured. He has five brothers or, yeah, five or four brothers. There's five of them. He has nephews already. So it's not like his house is left in any question. So Yeah, but he's such a manly, lusty man-man, isn't yeah, he? But he's a lusty I don't man. know if that always means that man-lusty man-man want to have sons or children, necessarily. I don't know. Maybe. I think, I let us know. Email us. <laughs> Email us, listeners, at kissbyfirethepodcast at gmail.com and let us know whether you think that Rogar Baratheon would have wanted children from his body rather than leaving it to his brothers. Mm-hmm. Let what us do you know. think? I, I, I really feel like he is the type of person who would be probably a bit obsessed with with kind of I mean we just had Magor and I don't think you can have mm-hmm. someone as air obsessive or more air he's obsessive not than obsessive, Magor but he's probably so, the kind of person who'd be like I really would like to have one of my own yeah I, yeah I think it's possible um for the sake of virility or, or what's that what do they call it mm-hmm. like you know this is your immortality left behind right Mm -hmm. but i don't know if that i don't yeah his legacy exactly i don't know if that's what he was thinking here Mm. i think he was thinking power and Mm. i think that i think he had a thing for Alyssa. i think he liked her liked her Mm. i think he liked her wit because i think it goes into that she she does have some wit. She's intelligent. She's obviously helping Jaharis mm-hmm. rebuild his council. It doesn't mention Rogar helping with that. It's Alyssa. So, no. you know, yeah. she she does have a lot of attributes that I think Rogar fell for when they were sheltered at mm. Storm's End. Yeah, probably. Probably. And and obviously the power thing of being like, I'm married to the queen. Yeah. 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 That too. Exactly. Right. So he's trading yeah. in, you know, potential legacy for power at this point mm. right now um and there it is we are told though by someone whose name you have to remember so we've had one Alyssa farman remember that name mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. but this is the first mention of septon bath it is yes. not bath that you get into washing b-a-r-t-h septon bath uh he'll come up quite a bit i love septon bath uh he tells us that Jaharis was opposed to the marriage and thought that his hand was overreaching himself. Mm-hmm. Thinking that it was just power that he wanted and not actual affection for his mother. And also, he was annoyed that they hadn't asked his leave. him. Yeah. Like another, there's another bride. Basically, we've had two brides in the year of the brides, year of the three brides, mm-hmm. and neither of them have asked the king for permission to marry and one of them is his mother but of course he had told Raina ah it's fine yeah Yeah. so he couldn't hold his mother to a different standard he already set a precedence for it being okay essentially in his family I think it's also interesting that you have Raina who is this is her third marriage and now you have Alyssa Mm -hmm. and this is her second (laughs) and then our last bride which we'll talk about next time Maybe. Yes. You know, three, two, one. Yeah. Mm. It's kind of a little funny thing to me. I don't know. My brain picks up on silly mm. things. Oh, um, I like it. It's good. But Bath, Bath said that he didn't actually say anything out loud. No. He just said it to his close confidants, who I'd like to know who the hell they were. Yeah. Who do, who do, obviously Bath. Bath. Yeah. Um, yeah. But uh, maybe, maybe Alice. I think Alice did, probably, yeah. I think they probably would yeah. have 
Chitty chatted about how they were feeling about mom and their new stepdad, right? Yeah, exactly. Mm -hmm. Um, (laughs) I love this bit. The hand, Lord Rogar, was admired for his courage, respected for his strength, feared for his military prowess and skill at arms. So that's like the perfect king in Westeros, apparently. Perfect, you know, male lord. And then the queen regent was loved. She was so beautiful, so brave, so tragic that women women said of her. Uh, even such lords as might have balked at a woman ruling over them were willing to accept her as their liege, secure in the knowledge that she had Rogar Baratheon standing beside her and the young king more than a little year away from his 16th name day. Ugh. Only a woman, no more. She was a married woman now. Yeah. And they were they were happy that at least you know okay she I know she's a woman but at least she's got Rogar Baratheon with her now so thank God for that thank God for that um, and just the, the so stereotypical though he's like skill at arms he's so brave yeah he's and she's he's so the beautiful picture and of masculinity and... and she's the picture of yeah. femininity right of, of this mm-hmm. era yeah yes and then we get more about Alyssa finally. Um, She'd been beautiful as a child. All men agreed. So it's funny that all the women said that she was beautiful, brave, and tragic. Mm -hmm. And all the men agreed that she'd been a beautiful child. Yeah. So, just what do we all agree on? So she was the daughter of Ethan, or Ethan, Ethan Valarian, Lord of the Tides, and his lady wife, Alaria of House Massey. And House Massey are first men, which I find interesting. Mm Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, so she's got first men blood in her veins so her line was ancient proud and rich her mother was esteemed as a great beauty because that's all people care that's about that's what matters again. for women yeah yep yep and her grandsire was among the oldest and closest friends of Aegon the dragon and his queens uh she had deep purple eyes and the shining silvery hair of old valyria she ha- was charming and she was witty and kind and basically everyone fancied her well at least lots of suitors flocked around her um obviously she was clearly would have been uh a prize a prize prize wife yeah um yeah because lots and lots and lots of people wanted her for marriage yes but a woman as beautiful as that of course can only be meant for Mm. royalty so she was to marry Aenys Targaryen, the unquestioned heir to the Iron Throne. <laughs> <laughs> unquestioned and if you, by anyone. Unquestioned. No one questioned it. Yeah, if you haven't read the book Isn't up to this weird? point, that's bullshit. No, it's, <laughs> it's really weird that, like, that's another revisionist bit yes. in this book. Yeah. So it says that Oris Baratheon was ruined, ruined? Rumored to be a Targaryen bastard. Yes. But now, now he's he just definitely is. a Targaryen. Yeah. Yeah. And the quite a few chapters talk about Amy's people, people questioning, questioning whether he was even Aegon's son. Obviously, yeah, um, and obviously, Megor and Visenya were like, uh, he should not be. Yeah, the- Megor and Visenya were like okay. whispering in everybody's ear, <laughs> <laughs> whisper, whisper, whisper. Yeah. Um, so and then it's like, oh no, he was definitely the unquestioned, unquestioned the absolutely. Like, what have I misread this book? I know. And I'm I'm sure it's George doing it on purpose. Yeah, yeah, he's very purposeful. He does these things on purpose. And I think that I think history is like that anyway. You know, Mm, it's revisionist, and it's very quickly revisionist. Yes, yeah. uh, Which is, you know, we're a couple of chapters away, and it's changed. Yes, (laughs) yeah. um, Yeah. Short-term memory they're relying on. Yeah. 
And apparently they had a happy marriage um, and very fruitful. How many children did they have? Five, um, six, technically. Five. Yeah. Yes, they did. One of them died in the in in the cradle. Yeah. Yeah, they had five, two daughters and three sons. But she'd had a lot, a lot of tragedy to deal with as well. Was after her husband died, like he well he died for a, for a start, so that's difficult. Yeah. While he was um, on the throne, it wasn't exactly a great time. The crown started crumbling. People there was lots of dissent. Yeah. Lots of issues. The war with the um, faith. Enemies rising up. The war was a war with the faith. Exactly. And then of course he dies only age thirty five, on the toilet. On the toilet. Like Elvis shit himself to death. As death put it. Pooped himself he did. to death. Yep. Yep pooped himself to death and then she barely had a minute to even process that her husband's just died and Magor's like I'm the king and the like seizes the throne that should have been her sons or, or daughters dependent if you believe that women should yep, inherit as well equally so, so the, and then during that time then Egon the son that Magor uh, supplanted as king, then fights Magor and is killed. And is killed, yep. And is killed then uh, with his dragon. The dragon dies too. Yes. Yep. And then her next son is tortured. Viserys is tortured to death. Yep. Well, and and tortured tower. to death to call her out to come back into yes. his captivity. I think that's the worst of it. Yes. It's not just he was tortured yes. to death. He was tortured and she literally had to sit there and do nothing to protect her other two. Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. That's wild. Yeah. Yep. She was then also made prisoner by the man who brought about the death of her children. Yes. And then she was forced to watch while one of her other daughters was uh, made to, to marry. Yeah. Yeah. Like that is a lot. And that's only in like what? Yeah. Six years. Six years. Six years and 66 days. <laughs> days. Exactly. I know that now. <laughs> If you want to know why we're laughing at that, check out the bonus. Become a patron and listen to a bonus episode yes. where I... You can judge uh, my we had, super unfair we judgment. Fight about it. <laughs> we had a big fight about it. There's a lot of drama on that episode. <laughs> there was a lot of drama. Um, yeah. But like in six years to all of that, that's horrendous. Yeah. yeah you it know? is. It's a lot. Yeah. Luckily... Luckily now she has this big strong Rogar to protect her from tragedy yeah. and keep her safe, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. So she was given a new chance at happiness. Mm-hmm. So that's nice. And realistically speaking, I mentioned this a lot in the episode that uh, that we recorded and lost. Um, and I won't bring it up quite as many times here, but really I think she married him <laughs> because she just needed a good pounding. <laughs> she just needed to be railed by a big yeah. strong bull. That's why she wanted Rogar. Exactly. She'd been through enough like, passive okay. things. She had I've the had family. She just wanted some good. She, a, she literally went. She got a younger man. Exactly. Who was ripped. It's like going and getting a toy boy, basically. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. She just. That was that's her agency, right? Everyone's like, oh yeah, he married her for power. She married him. As a fuck boy to get some. Yeah. <laughs> Rogar Baratheon. <laughs> fuck boy <laughs> yeah. that's the best we can say about him to be yeah it's true yeah you heard it right here first well. folks i'm i'm happy for her i'm happy for yeah her. i mean me too yeah yeah 
Yeah. Um, at this point, shall we pause and uh, say a nice thank you to our other patrons uh, at our Ice Spiders level? That would be Julie Beth of Toth, Emily of the Eerie, Scad, and the King Beyond the Wall. Uh, we do have a direwolf level, mm-hmm, which I uh, mentioned which is earlier is vacant right now. It is. Uh, do you want to tell them about the direwolf level thing? The idea that we yeah. Had? So if you do want to join us at the direwolf level, we thought it would be fun if uh, for your shoutouts you could also create um, a direwolf name, so you can have you mm-hmm. and your your imaginary pet shouted out. Um, <laughs> maybe we could. Uh, even try and do some direwolfy art or something to go with our beyond the wall be cool. uh, theme mm-hmm. um, could be fun mm-hmm. so yeah so you can uh, join us at the direwolf level it's a twenty dollar tier I believe uh, and you can come up with your your own little pet name and we can shout out you and your your puppy mm. but we have other levels too we've got grumpkins and snarks yes. so which we haven't mentioned by name but just thank you to all of our patrons Everybody. we we we, I know it's like people always thank their patrons, but we really, really genuinely do appreciate we do. it. We're so it's, lucky. Thanks, guys, so much. Yeah. Yeah. It really helps us because it costs us quite a bit to do the things. It's a lot of time and effort, and it actually really it helps us to, to get done what we need to do. Mm-hmm. So it makes it makes it so much easier to do this. Yes. Yep. Without your help, we could not keep going. So thank you so much. Thank you. We really, really appreciate it. We really, really, really do. Should we talk about the wedding and uh, of the King's Hand of the Queen Regent? Yes. Yeah. Yes. Um, if you could think of how small and secretive uh, Raina's marriage was to Andrew, this is the opposite in every mm-hmm. single way. It, it was going to be huge. Uh, so speaking on the wedding of the King, uh, King's Hand and the Queen Regent, as you were saying... Mm-hmm. Um, Reyna's wedding was small and secretive, where this wedding is described as no wedding half so magnificent had been celebrated in Westeros in living memory. The Lords great and small from throughout the Seven Kingdoms and beyond gathered to be part of it. Yeah. Yeah. And the High Septon himself would be performing the marriage rites. Mm -hmm. He was going to come all the way from Old Town and the date is very special. Oh boy. Yep. Here we go. The date of it is our favourite number from the book. And it would be, the marriage would be performed on the seventh day of the seventh moon yes. of the new year. Yes. <sighs> so, yeah. So, it's going to be in the uncompleted dragon pit, open to the sky. Um, and all of, the, it has lots of rising tiers of benches, obviously. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, and that would allow for tens of thousands of people to observe the nuptials. The nups. Noise nups. Um, there would also be a great tourney. There was going to be a tourney. Followed by feasting and frolics. But how many days of feasting and frolics? Seven. Seven. Seven, Seven days. Seven. You got it. Seven. Ten points. Hey, Monica, that's what uh, I think of when I hear, when I say it like that. <laughs> seven, 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 seven. Yeah. <clears throat> um, I want to know more about what the frolics are going to be. Oh, I thought you were going to what say, precisely? I want to know more about Monica's seven androgynous zones. Yes, the, no. uh, yeah, the frolics would be in Westeros. Yeah, I think we can probably. Specifically, what is, what is 
considered if their wedding planners making up a list that was a very good squeaky chair moment <laughs> yeah no it was pretty good i'm, I'm actually spreading across three chairs because my butt keeps going numb oh, so no. i've got one leg on another chair and another leg on another one it's pretty good stretching out um these are really uncomfortable chairs i can't wait to be back in my home office i bet i bet <laughs> once i've finished unpacking all yes. the boxes um yeah i'd like to know what the if you're a wedding planner and you've got like a little list and one one heading on one side is feasts and the other side is frolics what do you put obviously the food goes on the feasts and stuff but what's like uh oh guys actually we need some more frolics we haven't quite got enough frolicking for the next seven days mm-hmm. so obviously i would imagine attorney is a frolic attorney is a frolic um frolic <laughs> what was frolic. that frolic a frolic. a frolic you sound like you're from northern ireland <laughs> a frolic. frolic around um what's another one they mention it here the fro- the mock sea battle a mock sea battle in the battle in the waters of blackwater bay yes that's what i mean yeah um so that's definitely a frolic but that's not enough for seven days so what else did they do what else did they what do the frolicking hunting hunting would be frolicking yep yeah i just kind of want to be like classic classic westerosi frolics what's a classic yeah frolic if you have an idea dancing, on classic westerosi frolics email us at kiss by fire podcast <laughs> at gmail.com yes let us know what you think a classic westerosi frolic would be yes tons of people turn up there's so many names i've circled all of them there's so many people so uh donald hightower came up from old town with a hundred nights and 77 of the most devout escorting his high holiness the high septon whilst lyman lannister bought 300 nights from castley rock Mm -hmm. brandon stark the ailing lord of winterfell made the long journey down from the north with his sons Walton and Alaric attended by a dozen a dozen, a dozen. fierce northern bannermen and 30 sworn brothers of the night that's Watch. my favourite they're just like oh, a dozen. this shit <laughs> just, oh whatever yeah a bloody southern wedding yeah oh but but it's interesting bloody, that he came at all because they don't come down that far south no. there's no record at this to this no. point in the book of them heading that far no. south no right so, so that's big yeah. they're just sick of the southern frolicking aren't they oh yeah i wonder what these people do for frolicking i wonder how different it is from what the north do they don't even frolic the word doesn't even exist in their vocabulary frolicking sorry i keep moving my butt is just so like i'm gonna move this i've got a cushion under my bum (laughs) just gonna wiggle that around a bit um if anyone has any ideas of how I can not get a numb arse, please email <laughs> <laughs> kissbyfirethepodcast at gmail.com. So you've got Hightowers, Lannisters, uh, Starks of Winterfell. Also important to note, I think, um, just to explain a little bit about Northern culture, he had a dozen of his own bannermen, but 30 sworn brothers of the Night's Watch. So that was his priority, mm-hmm. was the Night's Watch representation. So, yeah, right? So he... If Torin, if that is a thing, if the prophecy is a thing, him bringing the Night's Watch mm. would be important and relevant. And mm. I like it. We can do recruitment, can't yeah, we? Yeah, exactly. But 30 of them, like, and it's, it, yeah, it's interesting, right? 30 of them. Mm. I don't think you ever hear of 30 of them heading south again. That's a lot. No. Yeah. So well, how many did they have on, on the wall to spare 30? A lot more than they do in future, but let's not go into that. Yeah, because that's a spoiler. Yeah, but that's a um, uh, 
I, I think he probably wanted to recruit more people because it was an it's it, even though it's a penal colony <laughs> um it is also uh, there is honor there is honor in being a, 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 a an officer in the night night's watch yes. you know yeah. and there certainly was more in those days um mm-hmm. so I'm just going to write something down for later. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so also, um, yeah. people who attended the wedding, Lords Aaron, Corbray, and Royce represented the Vale. Mm-hmm. Lords Selmy, Dondarian, and Tarly, the Dornish Marches. And from beyond the yeah. borders of the realm, the great and mighty came the Prince of Dorn. Oh, no, he didn't come. I lied. He sent his sister. <laughs> yes. So a princess of princess Dorne. of Dorne came. He probably was a bit worried that he'd be assassinated, so he's like, "Uh, I'll send her." Yeah, she can go. Yeah, <laughs> they've been they've been killed a woman who who's been sent as an envoy to King's Landing so far. We'll risk it again. Yeah, um, yeah. Yep. And the Sea Lord of Bravo sent a son. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. The Ar- the Archon of Tyrosh crossed the Narrative himself mm-hmm. with his maiden daughter, probably hoping to marry her off to probably yeah. someone. And he also had. No fewer than 20 magisters. 22. Sorry, not he didn't. 20. Oh, God. I can't read. No fewer than 22 magisters from the free city of Pentos came as well. And they all brought handsome gifts to, dis- to bestow on the hand and queen regent. Most lavish ones came from. Oh, it's my favourite Ro- Lord Rowan <laughs> and uh, Lord Oakheart. Why do you think they thought, oh, I think we better get him like the fanciest gift we can? <laughs> Hmm. Any reason? Hmm. Rowan and Oakheart? What have they been doing recently? Maybe siding with Septon Moon? Yes, yeah. they did. Yeah. Uh, and they were yeah. the last of Magor's men. Really. They were so too, they that's thought, true. Shit. Yeah. We need to absolutely let them know that we're... We're loyal now. Loyalists. Sorry. <laughs> yeah. Sorry about before. Yeah. We didn't mean As it. my kids Bye. say, I'm sorry for the way I behaved. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry if I made you sad. Yes. I'm sorry if what I said offended you. Yeah. It's not a real. That's not an not apology. apology. Yeah. I'm sorry you were offended by what I said. Um. So there were lots of people obviously came for the wedding, but that wasn't the only reason to come to King's Landing. They wanted to. Obviously, I mean, everyone comes to. It must be so annoying being a king and the king's hand because everyone comes because they want something. They want to talk shop. Everyone will be like, yeah. I want to be like, I'd like someone to keep stealing my sheep or this person's being annoying and they keep blah, 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 blah. So lots of people wanted to treat with the hand who they thought he he's the real power in the realm, not Jaharis. And also others just wanted to see Jaharis and see, well, who is this new king? I think it's important for how tumultuous the realm had been to try and get the measure of the new king and see if see what they were in for right are we in for another Magor? are we in for another anis are we is it going to be something new so i think it mm. it makes sense that they would want to yeah. come and suss him out and he was he was great though because he saw all of them he he, he didn't do it formally in a throne room nope. where it's kind of people coming in what's the word uh petitioning anything he met them in his solar, mm-hmm. which is a you know more private space, and he had Giles Morrigan, who was the head of his king's guard, or of two. There should have been seven, but there's only two at the moment. Yeah. Um, next to him, 
And he basically granted an audience to any lord or landed knight who wished to meet him. He did. And he did. Uh, about 120 people did want to see him, which is a lot of sitting, talking and nodding your head and going, I completely understand, sir, my lord. You know, that's a lot of... I, I hate meetings in general. <laughs> you're normally like, can't you just send me this in an email? You are not um, made to be a king. <laughs> No, Ooh. like when I've been worked in schools and stuff, and people are like, oh, can we have a meeting about this? And you think, I don't want to have a meeting. Do I want to go home. Do we have to? Yeah. Do we have to? You and also the number of times I go, this could have been sent to me in a very quick one-line email or just in an attachment. I didn't need to meet with you in person. There was nothing that could have been said <laughs> in an email. How many? How many emails so. do you think Jahari's could have gotten? <laughs> Well, tons. It was emails. I know it was great. You know, like just lots and lots and lots and lots of emails. Yeah. Although that would have been sold. Rogar, though, if you'd emailed Rogar, it would have been like left unseen. (laughs) Yeah. Rogar would probably have his out of office uh, most of the time, even when he was in the office, and he just would forget to change it and whatever. Yeah. He'd like, oh, I'm out hunting. Yeah. Fuck off. Fuck off. I'll get (laughs) to you when I get to you. So I just think that that's really cool of him. Like he had a maester with him and a few servants and Sir Giles Morrigan. And that was it. Mm-hmm. So he had obviously the maester because he wanted to be able to say, well, who are these people and what are their... Yeah, educate their on on what yeah. was going on as well, right? And the yeah. histories and things like that because yeah. it's all all important. I don't know what kind yeah, of education Jaharis was getting as captive and stuff through no. his upbringing. So that's interesting. But knowing like... But knowing also like little feuds between lords and uh, all the things that kind of make up that you wouldn't necessarily know. But I just think he's he's a cool dude that he's done that. And he also said he wanted to encourage each man to speak freely and share his views on the problems of the realm. I mean, oh my God, could you imagine listening to about 120 people going, I think you should be doing it like this. I know. Where, well, where, you know what? Where? We're women. We're quite used to that, aren't we? Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> have you thought about doing it this way? Have you thought about doing it? I think you should. Have you thought about blah, 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 blah? Like, oh, God. Believe it or not. You have to just. I just want to do it my fucking way. Yeah. And also, I know what I'm doing, so fuck off. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I've been doing this for a really long time. I know. Yeah. I'm, I've yeah. made it this far. Just trust that I can yeah. do it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I suppose Shaheri's <clears throat> young boy king. Yes. But. And he just wants people to know that he's listening but my god the 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 head nodding that he will have to like mm-hmm, tongue biting mm-hmm, yeah mm-hmm. tongue biting tongue. not rolling so it is eyes. but it's interesting though that all the lords <laughs> sort of come away with slightly different takes on him right they do i find that really interesting lord royce said uh he is not his father's son mm-hmm. and he said that quite grudgingly but it's still apparently praise that he's not Aenys's son uh lord vance of wayfarer's rest said he listens well but says little mm-hmm. um but maybe that's because he saw him at the end of the day and he's like i've just i've lost my voice already spoken to 119 of you i don't have any more to say yeah uh rickard rowan found jaharis gentle and soft-spoken which is interesting because the rowans were the ones who ha- were last to come to the fold so he's obviously like loyal to Megor. Yeah, but yeah. gentle and soft-spoken from someone who followed Megor might not have been a compliment. Mm. 
Exactly. So th- some of these things might not be compliments at all. Yeah. Carl Connington said he was witty and good humoured. Morton Karen. Morton. Hi, I'm Morton Karen. Uh, I don't know why I feel like saying it like that, but Morton is just such a... I'm Morty. Hi, I'm Morty. Uh, said he was cautious and shrewd. So that's interesting. Mm-hmm. John Mertens said he laughs often and freely, even at himself. But Alec Hunter said, I think he is stern. And Torgan Oakheart said he is grim. Oakheart was another one that was one of the last to come, yeah. right? Mm. From... Yeah, could you imagine going, oh, he's grim. Also, who are they saying these reviews to? Yeah. Is it like someone who comes out at the end of the thing with a microphone and says, so what did you think? Yeah, of, they have uh, a little, they have a little pamphlet, little tick boxes yeah. of um, yeah. survey after, after your meeting with the king. Yeah. What went well? Yeah. <laughs> Do you have time for for a 10-minute follow-up survey? (laughs) (laughs) But I think also it could have been like after sports games when they all sit around a table with microphones and speak to the press and they're like, oh, well, the game could have gone better and I'm, you know, wish I'd scored more goals or whatever. So is it like that? Like, tell us the press going, what did you think of the new boy king? Um, Well, I thought he was actually quite grim. Uh, I yeah yeah I I have to agree. What do you have to say about this, Lord Karen? Yeah. <laughs> well, I thought he was uh, cautious and shrewd. <laughs> That's Lord Karen's voice now. Morty Karen. <laughs> oh, every time the Karens yeah. come up now, that's what you have to say. Yeah, <laughs> to talk like exactly. Um, Carl Connington, have you got anything more to say on this topic? I thought he was witty and good-humoured, like. <laughs> the Connington's are Geordies. You kind of sound a Newfoundlander there. <laughs> oh, well, that's the Geordies. So there we go. That's Newcastle. Um, Lord Malister said, uh, he is wise beyond his years. And Lord Darry said he promised to be the sort of king any lord should be proud to kneel to. <laughs> And obviously the press then goes to Brandon Stark and says, what do you think, uh, Brandon Stark, Lord of Winterfell? And he says, I see his grandsire in him. Um, So there's all kinds of reviews. I don't know. Did, how old would have Brandon Stark? He was ailing, I think they say. So he was older. Mm So would Brandon Stark obviously would have known Aegon the Conqueror then? Because he says, I see his grandsire. That's him. what I think. I think he must have known, yeah. at least met him. Um, Is that a compliment he... or not? <laughs> like, well, I think, very, I think uh, Torrin knelt to Aegon. So I think that there was trust. I think that the mm. North trusted Aegon. Right, and if the prophecy is true, mm. obviously it makes sense, as as you have said, and as we've discussed recently in our Patreon episode, that that there is a connection Targaryen Starks, etc. So there needs to be a strong mm. relationship there. Um, mm. so I think that it's a pretty big compliment. I think that the Maester's right in addressing it as that. Okay. Yeah, it's good. Yeah. It's good. What do you think, listeners? Let us know. Email us by email. <laughs> gonna say email us <laughs> um yeah so obviously Jaharis did that but the king's hand Rogar was like oh, I can't be asked fuck that shit yeah <laughs> I can't bother to yeah I'm doing that he didn't go to any audiences well he did he things in a, in an I was gonna post. say he did things in a he different way right he's a very different man yeah. he's not the conciliator he, he likes to do things in yeah. action so he met with people on the hunt he met with people in a more casual way and probably got to know them yeah. in a very different way than Jaharis would have yeah. I think yeah. it's actually yeah. very strategic for them to do that 
Definitely. For Jaharis to get the, like, official stance. You know, this is what they said to me, and then compare notes with Rogar, who would have got them drinking mm. and chill and calmer, and then Rogar's take would have mm. been, well, I saw them on their casual side, and this is the take mm. I got from mm. them. Like, I think you can, I think yeah. it's a really good way to get the real measure of a person, is to see them in both, with mm. with their mm. business mm. face on, as Jaharis would have seen, and with, you know, on their casual Friday, as Rogar would have seen. Yeah, well, they went hunting and hawking and gambling and drinking, so yeah. they would have accidentally said a few things that they probably didn't mean to say. That's probably how they know what. <laughs> that's probably how they know what they said about Jaharis. Yes. Yeah. What, what do you think of he my, was the interviewer. my future son-in-law? <laughs> you just found and out. They're like, the and they're just pissed off the face. Oh well, you know, he's a bit grim. Ugh. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know, whoops. Woke up the next day, gone. Oh shit! I should have said that. that. I was so drunk. Yeah. Oh man. So that's what they did, but apparently, apparently they drank the royal cellars dry, Lord Roger, just in the pre-feasting. Like they they just drank so much, and after the wedding, when the tuddy began, Lord Rogar was there for every tilt, every melee, surrounded by a lively and often drunk coterie, coterie, coterie. I want to say. Of great lords and famous knights. I don't know what that word is, and I don't know how to say it. Which word? I've never heard it out loud. Where is it? Coterie. Coterie. It's on my page 130. Um, but it's probably not at page 130 for you. I'm going to look up the word coterie. A small group of people with shared interests and tastes, especially one that is exclusive of other people. Interesting. Mm. Mm. So like his clique yeah basically like mean girls yeah like a mean girls clique yeah yeah lord rogar is the plastics yeah you can sit with us on wednesdays only if you wear pink no only if you wear pink it's from uh french denoting an association of tenants based on middle low german good so there we go a little bit of linguistics there Mm -hmm. um uh, but can we just talk about a gross entertainment of Lord Rogar? Oh, and something that makes me go, Bleh. I don't wanna. Bleh. Does it have to do with the number seven? Um, <laughs> probably. <laughs> it, yeah, I think actually it does. Yes, it does. There is definitely a number seven. And apparently there's no record of it in any court chronicle, but basically there's been rumours for years afterwards of Lord Rogar's saucy exploits on the night before the wedding. Um, because obviously Queen Alyssa had been married before and she had children, so she did not have a hymen and this offended this is just like Oh the greatest offence, of course, because yes, yeah. you can't marry a woman without a hymen. Ooh. Yeah, her maidenhood had gone many, many years before, so he couldn't deflower her on the wedding night. So on the night before the wedding, Lord Rogar's brothers brought seven virgins across the narrow sea from the finest pleasure houses of Lys. Which makes me think, are they slaves as well? Which is even worse. Are they bed slaves? Yep. I would think so. Because they will have... Yeah. Yep. Um, which is horrible. So basically, they gave him seven women to deflower overnight, over the on the the night before they got married. Um, apparently, he and this is horrible language. He supposedly plucked the flowers. I just I hate that imagery. Like women are flowers, and they, 
ruined after sex. It's just awful. Pluck the flowers of the girls. I mean, also if they were virgins and sex bed slaves, like, were they young? I know, the age thing is really, yeah, makes me cringe. Four of the girls. Anna, like, can I just lean into the grossness of this for a second? And how many men do you think could handle seven in a night? Well, apparently he didn't handle seven. I know, but I just mean, like, I know, but, like, (laughs) so even, you know, I mean... But how many men could go seven? Like, so did... Yeah. I'm going to get real real dirty right now. But, like, did he do each Definitely. to completion for himself each time? Did he just, like, mm. dip the tip and then get the next one? <laughs> oh. <laughs> dip the tip. Dip the tip. Get some blood on his sword, as is said later in the series. Ew. I know. Cut that part out. That's yucky. Um, but that's no. language from Moving the series, in. but... Yeah, exactly. Um, um, that's yucky. Ugh, I don't like it. Ugh. I'm just saying, like, like male virility-wise, uh, you know, mm. seven? Did they expect yeah, him to if... get seven in a night? Male virility-wise, I think there's an implication that House Baratheon is a very virile house. Not as virile the as they thought, I guess. Well, I mean, there was maybe the brothers were like, I could do seven. Could you do seven? Let's see if he could do yeah. seven. Well, he did. I mean, he'd been drinking. Mm-hmm. And he's and it was exhausted, and he still managed to do four. Four with whiskey dick. Out. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Before passing out, so imagine if he hadn't been drinking. Yeah, like, maybe he could have done both of each of them twice, which is horrible to think about. Um, Feel free so to edit did... this whole part out if you want to. By the way, <laughs> like, like, no, it's staying. We can cut staying. it. No, it's important because it's a really. I think it's important that we understand his character and his family. Like this is yeah. the imagery the surrounding his his family, his the what the Baratheons are like, you know. Yeah. And we talked about the Baratheon connection to that that godlike thing and we talked a little mm-hmm. bit about him being like Zeus not that long ago. So this sort of to yeah. me it sort of falls into that same that that virile drinking bearded. Yeah. Like it's it all comes together in that same same image. So Also like there's to m- the, the Baratheon name would be synonymous not with kind of quiet honour, but with drinking and whoring. Yes. From this. I mean, this is literally whoring. Yeah. Um, but that was and that was acceptable for men there. It was then. acceptable, but, but, it, but not everybody does it this to this much. This is quite, you know, like bringing in bed slaves from another uh, continent to satisfy your lusty needs before your wedding night right but i don't know well again like it's not like it's recorded anywhere but but Mm. i i do think that like lysini bed slaves were actually highly regarded for being well taught do you know what i mean so it's not like Mm. they they were yeah they were you know, taught to pleasure people. They were high regarded, mm. well trained. I'm not saying that they mm. chose the profession of their choice. Mm. Um, but, but what are they saying about this? Is, but I'm just saying symbolically, what are they saying? So, like House Tully, mm-hmm. we're supposed to think of as family duty. Yeah, and, then, and a very are the people, pious woman pious, there. Pious. Yeah. The, you know, the High Tower is very pious because they're down in, in Old Town and the city of knowledge. Um, think about what. The other families' names, like Stark, is meant to be thought of as cold and hard. Mm-hmm. Um, Baratheon, what do you think of? Like body, rowdy, lusty, rowdy, lusty yeah. men. <laughs> yeah, exactly. 
Um, and I think I think George wants us to think about this when we think about House Baratheon, mm-hmm. and we can talk about that more in the spoiler section, yeah. and I hope we will. Yeah. Because this is partic- this is particularly like wow, okay, over like, the top. This story stands out to us. Yes. In within it, like okay, that's quite a bit. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's a bit. That's a bit much, Rogar. You know. Yeah, it's not like uh, yeah, just another one of those stories. It's just about to me, it's Empire just hired. yucky because they did it because he wasn't going to be able to to have a virgin bride. Like that to me, that is what makes the story gross. Extra yucky. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's to it's make up. Gross. It's because he's missing something, and that's gross. Like, and that puts down Alyssa in such a. It's just so derogatory. It's just. Bleh. But also then, so he. Uh, had sex with four of them mm-hmm. before exhaustion and drink did him in. And then it says his brothers, nephews, and friends did for the other three, along with two score older beauties who had sailed with them from Lee. So non virgins, but basically his brothers, nephews, and friends all had the other three. It was a giant orgy. As well as two scores. So that's like 40 other people. So that's just like, that is a crazy orgy. It's isn't quite it? a bachelor We're party. Here. That's for sure. Yeah, that's so. I I just feel like we're we're getting lots of. I, I just honestly, I feel like it's sort of Greek mythology I, here. I was just yeah, like, I was thinking the same thing. Like God orgy, yeah, yucky virgins, yeah, lusty virgins, and people in togas that just kind of fall off. Yeah, because Zeus clicks his fingers. <laughs> yeah, well, and Greek mythology is also filled with, um, um, metaphor. You know, plucking yeah. flowers. They, even the wording that's Ugh. used here, pluck the flowers, yeah. that's yeah. even very, even though we don't like it and it is a common analogy for losing virginity in our, our current day and it's mm-hmm. yucky. Um, makes me think of the movie Now mm-hmm. and Then when the mom explains yes. it to her daughter. It's like, that's not, that's mm-hmm. not a, that's not helpful for kids, um, just for yeah. the record. Anyway, um, but, but that type of um, metaphor is common in Greek mythology. Mm-hmm. You know, you have Athena who was born of Zeus's yeah forehead and she's you know so the that visual those kind of things is common what's interesting though is um in british history during the georgian period uh we had the regent it's like called the regency period in in um in the uk which is interesting because this is obviously regency as well yep um, but during the Regency period, this is the, that's the period that immediately preceded the Victorian period. Now everyone thinks of Victorians as very um, obsessed with morality. It's when um, uh, women's clothes become higher up uh, and longer. Um, and it was all about, again, about virginity and religion. Purity. And it becomes yeah. a very... Um, uh, I can't think of the word. What's the word I'm looking for? But a very, not puritanical, but almost kind of beliefs about about women and men. But the and that was a reaction to this Regency period, which had become very debauched, like Regency period and Georgian poetry, uh, literature. That's like throughout the art. Enlightenment period, I think, isn't it? The Regent is it the same? Yeah. yeah. It's so similar, so like 1700s to early 1800s, so um, like when Jane Austen was writing and stuff like that and and before. Um, And 
it was full of um, immoral behaviour, like just or what would be called immoral behaviour, and it was just kind of slightly tolerated. Um, so why there's so many cads in, Austin, in Jane Austen's writing. Sorry about my chair. Um, my butt went numb and I had to move it. Um, uh, and it was a time where there were these kind of orgy-type things, lots of um, gender-bending kind of thing, like women dressing up like men. And there was a in art and architecture a renaissance as it were of the kind of grecian styles people would put um little temples in their gardens yeah. uh, like little mini temples of apollo and stuff and people would emulate that kind of drunken debauchery of kind of of the greek gods in their life so it's just interesting like yes, please we actually did have a period <laughs> of time where it was all like these huge orgies going on between lords and ladies and that they kind of because of culture it wasn't you weren't supposed to be doing it it's kind of like the upper class very like, taboo. Well, you know mm-hmm. it was taboo but it was also open it yeah. was like an open secret yeah. that everyone knows that everyone gets up to this but we better not uh advertise it because we're British, mm-hmm. but and then and then obviously the Victorian period followed, where everyone was like, "Oh, buttoned up," you know, very very serious. The uh, the polar opposite. Yes. Um, yeah. Which is interesting because that's when musically the Romantic period started, which is when you get like people eschewing structure and form and wanting to follow their emotions, but outwardly they had to button up and follow all the rules of society so that's that's kind of an interesting little tidbit there but it just it makes me think of that like a very kind of open debauchery even though even though they're I'm in sure a bit more of a buttoned face- up because you know what it's a good comparison yeah. because magor and his what six brides would be a mm-hmm. comparison to that debauchery phase yeah. And Jaharius is yeah. coming in and stepping in and saying, no, we need to like tighten laces and, you know, batten things down and, and do this the right way. And then you have Rogar who's like, well, mm-hmm. well, I'm pretty sure that they I did need say more like, virgins. Sort of rogue, um, <laughs> yeah, Magor's weddings, they were like, they were lusty and dirty and full of people. Sure, it wasn't giant orgies, but still it was breaking down the norms of society. Yeah. And but they made that, but they made it out to be that like Tyana of the Tower and Cerise Hightower. You're right. Yeah, or, they did. No, yeah. But not Cerise. Haraway or whatever. Uh, Alice Haraway. Alice Haraway. That they were kind of lovers and that they liked doing it with him mm-hmm. and that on his wedding night to the Black Brides, they were all in it together. And... Yeah. But that was disgusting and dirty, whereas Lord Rogar Baratheon, he's just a it's just that's man. just what boys do that's my that is like yeah. if there's ever so, something that someone says to me that i want to punch them in the face is oh little boys <laughs> and i'm like yeah boys, no boys i'm boys. sorry but your gender no. doesn't give you an opportunity or your child's gender no. doesn't give you the reason to let them be an asshole sorry no it's not a free my event. and and the same thing no. oh um she's so girly when my when loki likes to wear dresses oh she's such a little girl she's so girly and i'm like Oh God! How about you shut your face? <laughs> How about you shut your pie hole? Yes. Um, <laughs> and she's got a sword tucked yes. into her dress on the back. <laughs> Good. Yeah. Good for her. Anyway, um, I love this. Whilst the hand roistered—that's a great word. He was roistering. It's roistering. Very. Yeah. Rooster. Cocked. Um. So he was roistering, and King Jer- King Jaharis was sitting chatting to people. 
uh, Alisan entertained the highborn women who mm-hmm. came to King's Landing. So we learn a bit more about Alisan because Raina, who is the elder of the two, mm-hmm. um, eldest of the three should... surviving children. Yeah, yeah, but she's the elder of the two daughters. Yes. Is all I mean. Yeah, she would have been the one expected to be kind of hosting with her mother, yes. but she was like, eh, I, I, I just want to sit. She didn't come. Yeah, she didn't come to the wedding. <laughs> didn't she? She didn't come. Um, she's just got no time for it. Mm-mm. No time for this shit. So she stayed on Fair Isle and uh, Alyssa was busy preparing things for the wedding. So the hostess job for wives and daughters and sisters of the great and mighty was, that was Alisanne's job. Mm-hmm. And so she was only just 13 and apparently everyone agreed she's absolutely brilliant. Round of applause. Yeah. Very good. Very good. <laughs> very good. And so for how many days and nights? Did she? Nine. Four? No! <laughs> Not nine, you silly Billy. For seven days and seven nights, she broke her fast with one group of highborn ladies, dined with a second and supped with a third. She showed them the wonders of the Red Keep, sailed with them on the Black on Blackwater Bay and rode with them about the city. We learn a bit about her. I, I know you're not a big Alisanne. Targaryen fan, but I think she's great. I don't, uh, yeah, it's just complicated. I I think she's great. I do. I just, we'll talk about it more when we start to talk about, mm. there'll probably be in a spoiler section that I'll I'll talk yes. about Alison and we'll yeah. do this one though. But I don't want people no. to think that like, I don't think she's she's brilliant and, and that this isn't glowing and, and great of her, these parts of this mm. book. Like, this, this is good. She's good. She's very diplomatic. She's great with people. Yeah. She's very smart. She, I think she reads people well. Um, well, she'd, she'd spent a lot of her time in Raina's shadow, hadn't she? And she was called the Little Maid or the Other Daughter. The Other Daughter. Yeah, it reminds me of a league of their own. The and this one? is my other daughter, yeah. Dottie's sister. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Um, and she was quite little. And she was also different from the rest of Targaryen. So they are known for being beautiful, but she was like not beautiful, apparently. She was quite pretty, but... Uh, not beautiful. Her I think she just wasn't rather than purple. She didn't have that um, those features that Targaryen made Targaryens otherness. different. Yeah, so she didn't yeah. have the silver hair and purple eyes. She had no. blue eyes and honey colored curls. Yes, but it also says that no man ever questioned her wits, yeah, which I like. Which I like too. She's obviously clever, and I love this. So she's just my jam. Like she said. Uh, she learned to read before she was weaned, and the court fool would make jokes about Alisan dribbling mother's milk on Valyrian scrolls that she tried to read while suckling at her wet nurse's teats. Can we just all stop saying suckling teats? Can we can't. just, uh, yeah, can Ugh. we just stop hearing about dribbling milk and wet nurse's teats and uh, things like that? <laughs> I don't, that that's yeah, just, don't just not that. really necessary. There's a better way yeah. to say that. Um, anyway. And Septon Bath. This is the yeah, greatest Septon phrase Bath. right here. Yes. Do you want to read that? What he says? Septon Barth would say of her, "For the for that wise man esteemed her." Hang no. on. Nope. It's a bit before Where that. I? Where are we? Had she been a boy? Oh, had she been a boy, she would surely have been sent to the citadel to forge a maester's chain. Yeah, that's what Septon Barth would say of her. So it says, "For that wise man esteemed her even more than her husband." Mm-hmm. Who we haven't who we haven't met yet heard about yet so that's yep. some that's like a future thing whom he served for so long so that's like 
Oh, little dropping there that she's going to have a husband and Septon Barth is going to serve that person. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So, but that was in the future. And at the moment, she was only 13 years old. Uh, but all the chronicles agree that she made a powerful impression on those who met her. And then we get to the day of the wedding. And more than 40,000 small folk went to watch at uh, in the Dragon Pit on the Hill of Rainies. And even thousands more cheered Lord Rogar and Queen Alyssa in the streets. I think that's cool that the small folk get a view. They get yeah. they're yeah, they're actually treated great. like they they are meant to be there. They have precedence to you know not precedence, mm-hmm. but their presence is important. And I do, absolutely, do you think that that's because they they wanted to show like regency was, and power? I just opened some water. Papers, right? I wasn't like making a weird noise. That was me opening a fizzy water. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> What were you saying? What was your question? Do you think that it like there was a reason that they wanted the small folk to see? I imagine so, because you want the people to love you, don't you? Yeah, and maybe a show of power, regency, presence, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, a lot of people in Westeros don't really need to care anything about what the small folk. Yeah, want. that's why I think it's interesting yeah. that they let them. Mm. They made it a point. Well, I think loyalty makes a difference, no matter what and again we could talk about this in the spoiler section because it's like lots of people say i want my people to love me and your people aren't just they're not just the lords and ladies they are everybody and as we've seen from the poor fellows for example they were no they were nobodies but they wielded a huge amount of power that's and true very difficult to put down that's very true so yeah so small folk might not have resources necessarily but as we all know from every film or book about revolutions like there's more people in the small folk than there are the lords and ladies so if you don't want them all turning on you then show your power but also give them a reason to love you yeah to want you to succeed yeah it's interesting i i think when we did our first recording of this we equated it to um having the coronations or royal weddings on the television that's the way to let the small folk see um, mm-hmm. And continue yeah. to the, not that the you know, royals have any say in day to day life really anymore, but no. uh, politics and stuff they don't have the the final say. But it is still interesting that that they still have mm-hmm. that need to be liked and yeah. to save face and reputation matters, and mm-hmm. it's not going so well. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I, I but yeah. it still exists. Yeah, yeah, it does. Yeah, I've just survived the coronation. I can't talk about it. It's just, ugh, I'm not a royalist, so. No. To me. I am like, as a history student, I'm really fascinated by by it, but yes. I, I haven't watched it any of it. Me. Right? I didn't watch the coronation. No. I didn't watch any of the weddings. The coronation was just weird. It was just really odd. And it was <laughs> like, like, there's a really big cost of living crisis right now in the mm-hmm, UK. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And people can't afford to, like, eat or heat their houses. Um, and yet they spent, like, a hundred billion on this. Oh, I know. Uh, and 
the king was like riding in a coach made of gold. Well, but that's that's they already it already exists. Like they've had that for. I know, but they could melt that gold coach down and give the money to people. True. Yeah, so, melt yeah. it down. I'll pay for you to yeah. eat. Next um, time, the king can just roll up in a Cadillac like everybody else. No. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> just have a car. Have a fancy car if you want. Yeah. You know what? It would be just very forward thinking to get rid of all the pomp and circumstance that has existed before mm-hmm. and have them roll up in like an eco-friendly yeah. car instead. Yeah. Exactly. And also, because it's weird, because King Charles is all about that. Like, his whole shtick is looking after the planet. So he could have... Yeah. He could have maybe been the one to break that down. I think that... I think it's opportunity for the next... But he made it really formal. Like, it went crazy formal. But I wonder if he was encouraged to to do that because of all of the ways that he himself Mm. has, has, you know, betrayed what it is to be a royal, you know? Yeah. Especially being yes, a divorcee being, and marrying a divorcee and yeah everything and also public people knowing that he wanted to be a tampon inside yeah yeah like that i mean that's very forward thinking i don't think any other royals <laughs> wish to be a tampon before i don't think many people wish to be a tampon. i don't think many people do wish to be a tampon i don't know if he i think i don't think his words were that he wished to be a tampon i think they were with his luck he'd come back as a tampon isn't that what he said remember now i listened to it not that long ago yeah but i mean like for example like the the carriage made of gold had to go over streets and there's so many councils can't afford to fill in the potholes on the road at the moment and so there's tons of potholes uh and they filled them all up with sand of course they did i was gonna say i hope it gave them a hemorrhoid anyway <laughs> no, you've got an aerial shot of the road and it's just covered in these like like the road is black and then there's these like sand pits basically mm. where they were like quick, we haven't got the money to fill them in. Um but we'll so that we can ride this coach made of gold Jesus. over it. We'll just fill them in with sand. And it's it's just horrendous. I can't. We could probably talk about this for hours. It. We should get yeah. back to the bus. As a small folk, I mean I am the small folk, so yeah. this is this is what it's like being a small folk. I did watch it on the television, but mainly going, oh my God. And the only good thing, the only thing that I was like, I quite like this, was one uh, politician called, who I don't like because she's a knob. She's called Penny Mordant. Uh, and she, because I think she's got some stupid title, like head of the council of the Privy Chamber or something. Okay. And she got to carry a sword all the way through and she looked awesome and I feel like she stole the show she got to hold a sword and like she literally held it up like this nice I think she had a little helpy ding thing around her neck yeah she held it yep. like fully arms up I mean that must have been so heavy and then she has to give him one sword and take a different sword back and then hold that sword it's all symbolic madness yes um and um yeah, but she she stole the show and everyone agreed. Like she looked, she had like uh, an outfit on this amazing blue with like the Greek um, olive branch things on them. She looked genuinely like Athena or a goddess. Amazing. With a huge sword. And I was just like, yeah, I may not like you and your politics, but uh, you look amazing. And you've actually stolen the show from this very odd, large eared man large-eared sausage-fingered man yes yeah. <laughs> like you look incredible i'll send you a picture of her yes send me a picture like yeah wow um but yeah so that's that's what it's like being the small folk 
Um, and some people like it and they wave. And they're like, wait, yay. Some people yeah. are crazy and they camped out. Lots I think it's like celebrity things. in general, right? It's just that, that yeah. ability. It's like what Twitter had been for a long time. That ability to touch a celebrity in a way. Mm. Instagram, a, a, a yeah. view into the life of a celebrity. And so being able to actually mm. be a small folk and see the wedding, the biggest wedding that Westeros had seen in memory, probably was yeah. a really big moment for these small folk. Yeah. I, I could bang on about the issues with royalty but i won't yeah but yeah it must have been very exciting to see to see that um all i can think about is like you could literally pay for so much bread for all these people oh god yeah food. yeah absolutely you know? it's just, it, it is it's it's a poor 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 priority mm. for sure and of course it, back in the story they made a procession through the streets mm-hmm. uh on lots of with lot hundreds of knights and their horses were all done up fancy pantsy Loads of scepters ringing bells. Uh, and Grand Maester Benefer said, Never has there been such a glory in all the annals, annals of Westeros. Um, and Lord Rogar wore, uh, was head to heel in cloth of gold beneath an antlered half helm, which I just think would look so dumb. The antlers on it. While his bride wore a great cloak, spark, great cloak, great cloak, sparkling with gemstones, with the three-headed dragon of House Targaryen and the silver seahorse of the Valarians, facing one another on a divided field. Mm-hmm. That's I like the little. It, to me, it's reminiscent of the dance, the Targaryens mm-hmm. versus the Valarians facing each other, divided on a field. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, but someone stole the show. Who stole the show? Who stole the show? Jaehaerys and Princess Alysanne were the last to appear, Ooh. descending from a bright sky on their dragons, Vermithor and Silverwing. They're like, fuck the bride and groom. Yeah. There's fucking dragons coming down right now. I know. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. And um, the leather wings stirred up a cloud of sand as they came down side by side to the awe and terror of the gathered multitudes. Do you think that's kind of like... Did Jaharis kind of do this on purpose to say, look, I know you're marrying the, the queen, mm-hmm. but I have... I am the dragon. power here. Yeah, I think yeah. so. Yeah. 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 Uh, apparently, the tale of... It's often told that the arrival of the dragons caused the aged high septon to shit his pants. It's definitely true. <laughs> it's fact. Yeah. It's fact. Apparently, they said it's a calumny, but I think it's true. It's true. Yeah. Um, I've written LOL next to it. Yep. Doesn't really talk about imagine being having. Sorry, I just have to like imagine now he has to do the ceremony with poopy pants. (laughs) Do you think he had a chance to run back and change? Septon poopy pants. (laughs) Let me go change uh, my breeches and then I'll be back. Yeah, Septon poopy pants did the wedding of Lord Pervy pants. Yes, (laughs) it's a perfect wedding. Poor Um, Alyssa. Yeah, never thought that. Yeah, the smell coming off the. I mean, he was quite old, so he probably had a, you know, that kind of smell that very old people have anyway. Um, And it just added to it. So, yeah, so they basically got married Mm -hmm. and um, they had everybody there. The visitors were there, basically. And then it was reported that Lord Roger performed his husbandly duties with vigour, cheered on by his drunken brothers. That's the bedding. That's gross. I, I'm i sorry. The bedding is... I don't know what I would do if I got married in Westeros. I'd be like, I cannot 
do this. Yeah. I just, like, having these people, like, watching, cheering you on or shouting out the door, hey, come on, stick it in her. I honestly, I'd have to be I feel like face. I feel like Alyssa, having been through this before, yeah. was probably, like, whatever. But, but, like, that, like, first young bride Mm -hmm. that would be hurt Mm -hmm. just mortifying like oh my god yeah 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 and people carrying you around while you're naked you know know. yeah i mean women like sex too but even so i just i just don't like the idea of people putting clothes off me yeah well that exactly i didn't mean to say women don't like sex but i mean a lot of in westeros there's a lot of young women who are totally uninformed and yes, terrified yeah. at what's you know going to happen and what's mm-hmm. what it means and everything. I mean the the amount of pressure that's put on a hymen. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, that's um, what I'm saying. Yeah. That's what I mean I'm by saying. by the poor young girls and what it means and anyway. Yeah. Ugh. Yeah. No. No. no and then if you're someone, awesome. imagine you're someone. This is maybe a little bit grotesque, but imagine you're someone who doesn't bleed. Well, yeah. Because they look for that. Ladies. Yeah, a lot of highborn ladies have been on horses and their 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 maidenhood's already gone. Mm-hmm. So they wouldn't bleed yeah. on their wedding night because so. they've been riding for years. So some people have some people have their hymen burst and they and there isn't blood. That also happens. They feel the pain oh, and really? they feel the the you know pop of it, uh, but they don't actually bleed. Jesus so Christ. yeah, it's a uh, it varies so much person to person that it just. Ugh. Anyway, is this what your thesis is at university? Yes, yes, yeah. Yes, checking Highlands. Checking Highlands. Uh, there is a person. It's a producer of Hollywood films. I think he does loads of Woody Allen films. His name is Dick Hyman. Yes. Yeah. One of my. You know what's funny is the doctor who delivered Loki's name was Doctor Hyman. <laughs> oh God. Dr. Joan Hyman. I was like, well, I guess you got into a field that uh, <laughs> seems yeah. to work. Did you change your name on purpose? Or I know, but it's like, your name it's more like the absence of <laughs> yeah, <exactly. laughs> you're an OBGYN. <laughs> yeah. Anyway. Yeah. Anywho, so they've got, um, uh, they have a seven day tourney mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and that could have been seven days. What? That's unheard seven, of. Who would have thought seven days? Um, but they used it as an opportunity to increase the Kingsguard because they only had two Kingsguard and they're supposed to have seven, mm-hmm. obviously seven. Mm-hmm. So they didn't, they needed more than just Sir Giles Morrigan and Sir Geoffrey Doggett. Um, and so they decided that it would be a good idea to use the tourney to like offer it out and say, well, if you win tilts and stuff. But they didn't want to just use people from the uh, tilts, did they? No. No, Jahari thought it would be better, and I agree with him, to use people who are actually yeah. skilled at arms and not just jousting. Yes. Because it says men would who would do harm to their king seldom attack on horseback with a lance in hand. Mm-hmm. So it was uh, so it was that the tilts that followed his mother's wedding yielded pride of place to the wild melees and bloody duels that the, ma- the maesters would dub the War for the White Cloaks. So they used it. It was like a prize that if you won the melee, and the melees that you could become you could advance to be Kingsguard. So yeah. Yep. Lots of knights were eager to do that, mm-hmm. and um, there's some great names. Lots of favourites among the small folk. One person was called the Drunken Knight, Sir William Stafford. 
He was a short, stout, big-bellied man who always appeared so intoxicated that it was a wonder he could stand little old fight. The commoners called him the Kegger Ale. Kegger Ale. I love that. Hail, hail, Kegger Ale, whenever he took the field. Uh, and another one of them was the bard of Flea Bottom, Tom the Strummer, which is strumming is a sexual term. Um, I don't know if you use it in Canada. No, what is it? It is a masturbatory term that women do. Oh. You strum. Oh. Have a good strum. Have a good strum. It's kind of a gross word. And people are like, go on, she's, she's off on her own having a good strum. Oh. So... Interesting. Yeah, hmm. I do like filthy words. I love these filthy British slangs. It's like my yeah, you learn something new when you chat with Steph. It's great. <laughs> I learn loads when I chat with Beth as well. <laughs> uh, so Tom the Strummer used to mock his foes with ribald songs before each bout. And then there was this mystery knight who uh known only as a serpent and scarlet had a great following was finally defeated, unmasked, and the he proved to be a woman called Jonquil Dark, a bastard daughter of Lord Duskendale. And that's the name that's going to come up again later. Yes, thank John God, Quill because what a cool character. Yeah, she's awesome. I love it. Yep. A great gender non-conforming person. Yes. I love it. Yeah. But none of them got a white cloak. They were quite, they were, so obviously they needed four. No, five actually, because there was only two. Yeah, and one only one of them came from a very lordly house, Sir Lawrence Roxton, from the Reach. I don't know anything about House Roxton. Do you? I do not. I do they, not. They don't. I feel like they might have come up somewhere. I want to say House Roxton. They've got a really boring. That's a Reach. Official. Hmm. It's blue with chains on it, interlocking golden rings. I don't know who the head of their house is. Oh, they do have an ancestral weapon, which is a horrible name. Uh, Orphan Maker. Oh, Orphan Maker. Okay. Oh, Roxton. Okay. Yeah, I feel like that comes up in one of the future wars. Yeah, and it's so it's Valyrian steel, Orphan Maker. They're often called House Roxton of the Ring. They're Andals. Three uh, and they were they were given Andal Adventure was given lands and wives by the three sage kings of House Gardner during the coming of the Andals to the Reach. So they're kind of gardeners and and Andals. Uh, but they don't come uh, they do come up a bit in the Dance of Dragons. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um so that's probably why you've heard of Orphan Maker. Yeah. But basically this guy is there's only two interesting Roxtons in the whole history. They don't come up in the main story at all. So that's the only one from a lordly house. Two of them were Swan Schwan George. Chor Schwan George. So Sir Victor the Valiant from the household of Lord Royce of Runestone and Sir Willem the Wasp, who served Lord Smallwood of Acorn Hall. Mm-hmm. Um, the youngest champion was Pate the Woodcock. <laughs> uh, he fought with a spear instead of a sword, which is interesting. Yeah. I mean, Pate the Woodcock sounds like a very uh, low-born kind of name. It's not even got a surname. Yes, I think so. And the fact that he fights with a spear definitely brings Dorne to mind, right? Yes, definitely. Yeah. And But also... That he's obviously small folky enough that he has never been trained in using a sword. Using a sword. He has a spear. Yeah. Um, you know, because that's probably what well, you'd he have to have if you needed yeah. it. Yeah, yeah. 
Yeah. It's a great point. Uh, some even asked if he was a knight at all, but he proved so skillful with his chosen weapon that Sir Joffrey Doggett settled the matter by dubbing him himself whilst hundreds cheered. So he was made a sir. He, so he was became made Sir a knight. Pete, the yep, Woodcock. Made it on the field. Indeed. Uh, but the eldest of them all, so that's, we were up to six, aren't we? Yep. Got Lord Roxton, Valiant, Willem and Dingley Dingle. And we've got a grizzled hedge knight named Sam Good of Sour Hill. And he was 63 years old. And he's claimed to have fought in 100 battles. And he says, never you mind on what side. That's for me and the gods to know. <laughs> okay. Sounds like that man's got some stories. He was one-eyed, bald and almost toothless. And he was called Sour Sam because he looked as gaunt as a fence post. But in battle, he displayed the quickness of a man half his age and a vicious skill honed through long decades of battles, great and small. Yeah. I mean, that's interesting to have a 63-year-old one-eyed person. But obviously, he's... Obviously, you can fight. At what he yeah. does. It's almost like you wonder if he just... That's just... It's almost easier for him to, to fight than not fight at that age. Like, he seems to have fought mm-hmm. so much in his life that that's his nature. Is so mm-hmm. into that. Well, it just shows you, like, age doesn't necessarily... Yeah. And that comes up later. We could talk about it in the spoiler section if you yeah. want. That yeah. age doesn't necessarily mean that you're not a good Kingsguard. Yeah, for sure. And the, the, this section ends just summarising that Jaehaerys the Conciliator would sit the Iron Throne for 55 years and many a knight would wear a white cloak in his service during that long reign more than any other monarch could boast but it was rightly said that never did any Targaryen possess a Kingsguard who could equal the boy king's first seven yes. so they're obviously pretty good mm-hmm. and I'm I'm pleased that they obviously went for people who were good at fighting and not just people with the right name or people who could win attorney you know yeah yeah. Um, that's the right decision. Jahara seems to be not stupid. That is my summary of his character. <laughs> not, not stupid. stupid. Very good. Yeah. Um, I'll <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll disagree with that meeting. statement in the future at some points for sure. But at this point, yeah. he's doing. I all mean, right. I also will disagree with it. But at this point, what we know about his character is that he seems to be not. I don't stupid. think I don't think Jahari's is stupid. Yeah, that's fair. I think no. that he gets emotional yeah. at some points and makes poor judgments because of that. But yeah. I don't think he's stupid. Yeah. So um, I think that's where we're going to leave the episode for now, though. Have you got anything else you want to say before we move into a spoiler section? No, I just thanks for listening, guys. And uh, I'm yeah. curious. I've always, I've been curious if anybody actually turns off at our spoiler section or just keeps going. Mm. So um, you can email us at kissbyfirethepodcast.gmail.com <laughs> and let us know. Or you can Twitter us or message <laughs> us on Patreon or any of the ways. Yep. And just like any regular listeners, just, uh, just send us a quick little message. Just be like, nope, I don't. Or maybe I'll make a poll the day that the episode yes. drops, and I'm just curious mm-hmm. if it if we need to turn off or whatever. If anyone actually leaves off, or if anyone has anything to say there, I like doing yes. them at the end. But I'm also just curious. Any feedback? Mm. I just like it. <laughs> yes, it's always good. Yeah. Um, and leave reviews. It's really helpful mm-hmm. because we get pushed it's up. It's heard. It's um, heard. Yeah, yeah. I love it. Uh, almost every time we drop an episode we get feedback from um, one specific listener i won't drop her name because um, i haven't mentioned to her that i do but she often will send us dms about 
about some yeah. of the comments we made and, and the one not that long ago was about Rasputin and the connection to Sefton Moon and that was just a really, really good reply. Mm. I liked it a lot. I'm actually wearing a sweatshirt that she made me right now while we record. Aww. So shout out to you. Yes. Um, this one, we we love you. Thanks for listening. Yeah. Um, yeah, Beth's in, a, Beth's in a sweatshirt right now and I am boiling my bum I know, my basement is cold. Even when it's warm yeah. outside, my basement is cold. Yeah, when it's warm outside, my basement is cold. <laughs> I just made that song up right now. You should get pen Three to paper. Years of a music degree, and that's, that's as good it. as it gets. Beautiful. <laughs> Thank you. Beautiful. All Lovely. right. So thanks for listening, and we'll move into our spoilery section. Yeah. Thank you so much for listening, mm-hmm. and uh, we hope you enjoyed it. And we'll see you next time for the second half of the year of the three. Right. For the third bride. Yeah. For the third bride. We need to know who that was. Mm-hmm. Spoiler alert. It was actually Rogar. Rogar has a sex change and turns into a bride. Yes. There we go. Very, uh, yes. yeah. There you go. He defied the gender norms of his house and. Yeah. Yep. Okay. Shall we go into the spoiler section? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I've started, I don't know if people listen to the last one, I've started putting little stings, little musical stings between the sections of the podcast. Did you? So I put one little before we begin this, yeah. Because I thought it like divides it up nicely. I like it, so, I like it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Either that or I was just going to start going spoilers, spoilers, spoiler section. <laughs> like that. Very good. <laughs> Doodle doo. <laughs> just to break it down. So I know that there are is something that we both want to talk about. Yeah. And it's related to the Baratheons. The Baratheons. I mean, this this whole passage where Rogar is introduced. Sorry, sorry, I'm moving in my butt. It's not my butt, it's my chair. <laughs> it's my chair. All right, so they describe anyway. Rogar, blue-eyed and black-bearded and muscled like a bull. And that comes yep. up, of course, in A Song of Ice and Fire, but muscled like a maiden's fantasy. But almost the rest of that is like mm-hmm. word for word, Robert. Yes, yes. Um, he is the spit of Robert, which relates to what John Aaron says literally as he dies. The seed, the seed is, strong. is strong. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But the Rogar could claim uh, blood of the dragon. So Robert was the same. Robert, um, even even if the Baratheons are the half brothers of the Targaryens. Robert mm. also had a grandmother who was a Targaryen. And there is a point, she I think it's in indeed. the books, where Ned says that Robert's claim was stronger because um, mm. Ned could have also mm. taken the throne. It was they, they won that war together. But Robert's blood I claim was really stronger. really stupid. I think that's honestly... Like, you're a usurper. Everyone knows you're a usurper. I know. You just take it. You like, can just win through conquering because just... Aegon didn't have a blood yeah. claim to the to creating Westeros when he conquered it the first time. Robert can just yeah, say the same. Exactly. I know. It's silly. Exactly. Why does it have to come down to blood? It's what is very it silly. Anyway. But yeah, I like that both of the, both Robert and Rogar fight with a an unconventional weapon. Uh, the do. double-bladed axe versus Robert's warhammer. Mm-hmm. Um, large... And that Robert's warhammer does literally... Cleave you know, through a dragon kill. skull. Yeah. 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 Although, I mean, technically it's chest, but yes. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's the same thing. Same he, thing. They, eventually their weapon brings down yeah. the house of the dragon. So, it does. Um, yeah. 
He would have. There's a lot of foreshadowing. If Rogar dreamed of facing King Magor in single combat and cutting him down with his axe, that's what Robert literally does to Rhaegar, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Rogar, yeah, yeah. Robert, Magor, Rhaegar. Magor, Rhaegar. Magor, Rhaegar. Rhaegar, Yeah. It's interesting, too, that um, instead of a king slayer, Lord Rogard became a king maker. Like, Robert made himself a king. There's a lot of... It's all It's all mm-hmm. there. It's all... Yeah. And, of course, we talked a lot about the Baratheon kind of lustiness. And I do think it is written in a way that's meant to be a little bit... You're meant to go, this feels a bit much. Because even Lyanna Stark, when she is betrothed to Robert, it's something she doesn't like about his character. Like, oh, he's... Yeah you know constantly sleeping with people he's fathered a ton of bastards already yeah like how could um, ned argue her when he has like literally yeah. held robert's um children yeah, and his... baby yeah. baby children exactly and even at that point in the story when she says i do i have to because he's awful mm-hmm. um even then that's when robert had already slept with his brother's wife's sister i want to say or niece or something an astromont anyway or a florent right yeah a florent yeah in florent. the wedding bed yeah in, on the Stannis's night of wedding stannis's bed. wedding like there's so little on it like you're just going this is yeah it's just you kind of go look i know westeros is kind of okay and men can be men blah 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 but this is a bit much come on and it just feels like the baratheons are meant to be this fecund uh fertile it's all about like the literally uncontrollable genitals that just can't yeah robert to me we were talking a lot about rogar and and fatherhood and stuff like that and rogar doesn't embody zeus but robert does Mm. you know children all over the place yeah unfaithful yeah you know cersei's Mm. the jealous wife like he does they are very zeus and hera and Yeah. yeah that baratheon yeah god killer mm. wannabe but gods. also i mean all the gods so you've got the roman is uh saturn and jupiter yep. similar kind of thing yep. the god of jollity and then in um norse mythology you've got uh frigg or freya mm-hmm. uh who had to put up with votan yeah uh who was they're all they're all uh, based on yeah. on the Greek similar kinds of people. Yeah, they all yeah. it comes down from well, I think it comes down from that origin. Romans yeah. do for sure, There's, just slightly later. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um and in fact, interestingly enough, like in Roman culture you've got Saturnalia, which is a festival in winter, which is all about, you know, feasting and yeah. lustiness. Yeah. Uh, not Jupiternalia, it's Saturnalia. Mm-hmm. That's interesting. But yeah, I, I love all the references to the gods and I just feel like with the Baratheon stag, like stags are always rutting and yeah. fighting and banging each other and blah, blah, blah. blah. Mm-hmm. Um, and and also the fact that the stag symbol, the, the antlers are a symbol of royalty and crowning. So obviously that's like kind of foreshadowing of the fact that the Baratheons do eventually become... Well, yeah, you have... The, que- the realm questioning kingly. if yeah. Rogar is an up upstart and up jumping the crown and yada 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 and Robert will mm, come to mm, do that mm. right tear down the crown yeah, and take it himself. Exactly. I also liked the line about uh, Rogar drinking the royal cellars dry. 
draining them dry and you know that robert drains the treasury dry (laughs) (laughs) right any any part of the um any part that a baratheon can get their hands on (laughs) the treasury the cellars whatever it's it's gonna run dry Yeah, yeah, it's it's all excess, isn't it? Yes. And um, lots of philosophers like Aristotle, who is a Greek, again, was very much against ex- like extremes. Yes, yeah. So, so it seems like the Baratheons take things too far. Like, whatever they are, they do it way too much. Yeah, they don't have they're any that, sense that, of balance. No. no, they're that person who you'd go out for a drink with and they would just not stop. Uh, and then you carry them home and they'd be vomiting everywhere and then they'd get up and do it all again the next day yeah. and it's sort of fun for five minutes and then eventually you're just like oh I'm actually exhausted I really just need to go to bed yeah. please I can't I'm keep so up I'm so tired now yeah. <laughs> who is the Greek god of wine is it ba- Bacchus is the La- there's the Roman one who's the Greek god um, Hephaestus or um, oh my god feel like it was Diana, Dionysus Dionysus yes 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 Hephaestus was the forge yes. Dionysus of <laughs> the Greek god of wine and pleasure yes yeah and frolicking <laughs> wine yeah, and pleasure wine, and frolicking. frolicking yeah so Dionysus is the god of winemaking orchards and fruit vegetation fertility festivity insanity mm-hmm. ritual madness religious ecstasy and theater <laughs> <laughs> and theater just, you know, just on the end and yeah. plays doing nice plays his wine music and ecstatic dance free his followers from self-conscious fear and care his um, subvert the oppressive restraints of the powerful interesting there's loads of stuff I mean I could go on but basically I feel like is you know you've got so much to me there's so much kind of Greek mythology in the Baratheons yeah I agree I, and I think I think in the Targaryens as well um, oh, yeah, I think definitely. especially when we get to like the Blackfire Rebellion, you see a lot of it, mm, you know, mm. and uh, it's interesting because George has said that his inspiration for Robert and also for Aegon the Unworthy was uh, Henry VIII. Mm, you can yeah. see that yes. big time uh, in that. But it's funny that to me, they also have that big time Zeus feel like massive Mm, Zeus mm, connection. Mm. Another connect. Another few little connections I saw. If- are you done talking about yeah. Robert Rogar? Are we? We're yeah, good? go for it. Okay. What, what's next? Listen to Tully. Oh, yeah. And ha- her like, like was very pious, and then Catelyn. Yeah. Is also like yes. I wonder if it's supposed to be as a descendant. Piety runs in their religion. The sept is built in Winterfell mm, for Catelyn. Mm, so I kind of wonder yeah. if that's a little bit of ground laying for her. Liza's not religious. But Kat is. Um, yeah. So I thought that was just a little one. And then... Probably saying that Tully, elder Tully women are... Have a, they have a bit of a run of honor. And, yeah. Yeah. Definitely. Because she often, often goes to the Sept. It's a big part of almost... Of many, many of her chapters. Yeah. And Like mm-hmm. we said, the Sept in Winterfell is built for her. The Maester, the... It is. Septon is brought in for her. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then this is a silly little little one that I just thought of, but we I talked like about silly little ones. Reyna uh, having been twice, twice married, twice widowed, twice the queen consort, uh, who mm-hmm. has a connection to queerness. Can you think of someone yeah. else who is twice a queen consort who has a connection to a queer character? Oh my god, now you're testing me. In real life or in the in the books? In the books. Okay, twice a queer, 
Marjorie. Uh, oh, Marjorie. Marjorie, yeah. Yeah. So it kind of makes yeah. me wonder if um, Marjorie will be, because, you know, obviously we know that Reyna and Andrew have a huge fallout and it's very yes. nasty. And I kind of wonder mm-hmm. if Marjorie will be sort of fed to the faith in the same way, like if Tommen will will mm. give her up and betray her to the faith, like Andrew sort of betrays Reyna. <sighs> For his own Well, yeah, pride. but he does it in such an awful way. Oh, I don't think it'll be the same. Like, I mean, Tommen is an andro, but yeah. but I just want to still has that sort of thrice wed. Although Tommen is soft, isn't he? He, like, andro is meant to be, like, I was he's saying He's soft earlier, and a pushover as well. He's soft and a bit of a pushover. And but then he just snaps. He's not into manly pursuits, really. Yeah. He can, I think they say he can barely read. They're not even sure if he can read. Mm. You know, and they also talk about how Tommen doesn't read anything. He can't, like, he doesn't read anything. He just puts his seal on stuff. Yeah, yeah, he doesn't, you know, doesn't pay any attention to it. But yeah, I wonder if, if, if sort of maybe similar, just to take a minute and talk about Andrew and Tommen, they're both sort of railroaded by the women in their lives and they're both mm. surrounded by stronger, more manipulative women. And then mm-hmm. it's possible that Tommen will... Even maybe without realizing it, maybe not with the intent that Andro has, could still, mm. you know, do I something. I can't see Tommen doing it, but I guess people probably didn't see Andrew Farman but, doing it. But Tommen could still just as easily, you know, in Cersei's downfall, do something to, not intentionally, like like I said, not with the intent that Andro has, but do something unintentionally to, uh, you know, give the mm. faith a weapon against his yeah. people, you know, his, his family, his wife. Also, Marjorie has a, a group of gals. She does. That she likes she to has hang a out with, and Cersei has tried to bring them down. Yes. Yeah. Um, so. so perhaps it's the combination of Tommen and Cersei mm-hmm. that will kind of act as the Andrew Farman who, uh, as we're in the spoiler section, we can say it. He poisons all of Reyna's friends. Yeah. Kills every single one of them. Reyna's um, story just breaks spite. my heart. She's just, just mm. like I'm not. She wasn't perfect to Andrew, but I still think he knew what he was getting into when he married her. And- yeah. A little bit. I mean, as much as you can, though. But yeah, it just makes me. I think it's it, to me. It comes down to like they're both gender non-conforming in some way, or she's at least queer. I he's gender non-conforming. She probably thought she was safe with him. Yes, because he wasn't like other men. He just didn't want to hunt. He didn't want to hawk. He didn't want to be. But the like... problem is that he didn't have anything that was his own. We'll talk about it more when we actually cover it. But yeah, but I also think. Well, no, what I was going to say was there's that Margaret Atwood quote that it's that um, that men fear that women are going to laugh at them and women fear that men will kill them. Yes. And that's like she kind of laughed at him and took the mick out of him and he killed all of her friends. Yeah. So, you know, he I don't think he was comfortable in the way she was like She's like, this is who I am. I don't think he was comfortable with who he was and it threatened him. And yeah, it made him, her surety of herself made him insecure of himself. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. Which is, again, common in, in abusive relationships. Mm-hmm. Yep. For sure. So, yeah. Mm. Anyway, just a little little thought I had. Yeah. Mostly in the fact that, like, twice the queen consort and then Reyna sort of, again, she got out of it. She was, but she was the the royal bloodline connection there where Marjorie is not. But anyway. No, no. Yeah. It's interesting though. Yeah. Um, can I bring up one? Yeah. That we just like, literally came up to me while we were recording. Mm-hmm. Was we talked about could Magor have burnt down Storm's End had uh, Rogar 
you know, actually challenged him to mm-hmm, a duel. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I challenged thee to a duel. And we talked about, well, maybe he couldn't because of the magic in the walls. And the reason why I'm thinking that is because... Melisandre in the future, baby. Well, exactly. Melis- Melisandre has a shadow baby and she, she can't bring anything magic. It has to be inside the wall. It can't come from outside right and also the dragons when alisan rides north they won't and cannot go past the wall the wall but we do know that dragons land in the courtyard of storm's end during the dance that's true we don't know about dragon fire happening there boros is like not under my roof and so they piss off into the sky but yeah they can land but they can't magically create like they're a creature but could they breathe fire there could they breathe fire in there we don't know could they burn the walls yeah in the way that they burnt Harrenhal's Harrenhal. yeah walls down? but Harrenhal was supposedly also built with blood magic yeah but like dark blood magic um, and that's a rumor as well correct whereas there's three buildings there's three at least three buildings I think four. the fight house fourth but then the storm's end Winterfell and the wall mm-hmm. Both built by Brandon and the Builder with magic, yeah. using magic from the Children of the Forest, yeah. and the like. The Alisan could not get her dragon to go further north than the wall. She just could not get it to go. Yeah, there. yeah. And Melisandre couldn't do magic outside of Storms, and it had to be outside the of Storms to, to go into it. Had to be, yeah, yeah. So it's just, I just wonder if that will come up later on in the story. That oh, maybe Winterfell can't be burnt with dragon fire or will it be important at all like why have they mentioned that storm's end is built with the same magic like why you know what's yeah the what's the relevance of... yeah yeah give me some thematic importance here mm. yeah i think it it's neat to tie the give the baratheons a lore of their own because they don't come from mm-hmm. valeria so they it gives them Gives them a, a mysticism. That was the Durandans. It was the Durandans who built. Yeah, um, but but the Baratheons inherited it. So and and That's mated true. with the Durandans. So like mm. they're descendant of them still. So, but it's interesting that you've got like north, kind of north, south, and extra south. Mm-hmm. You've got these t- these four places that are magically built. Yeah. For some reason, these walls are magic, and the Storm's End was built with magic. I think to keep the storm gods out. But what else does it keep out? Obviously, it keeps out magic. Yeah. You've also got islands with important weapons on. And you've got, for example, you've got Starfall with the sword Dawn. But you also have the island, uh, is it Crab Isle that the Celtigars live Claw on? Claw Isle. Claw Isle, that's it. With another magical, a Valyrian steel axe mm-hmm. that's mentioned once. I know. But it's like, or maybe twice. But it's kind of mentioned that there's this Valyrian steel axe there. Yeah. And they're all on these islands. And weird, you've got these islands things. with important yeah. things that are located on them. It's interesting to me, too, you talk about, like, the, these important magical objects that could maybe bring down or have some mm. place to, some point to play, uh, part to play. That's what I mean to say. And then you have the Horn of Winter. It's like <laughs> Bran the Builder just made this wall with this with magic key to bring it down. <laughs> like... Yeah. But then it was broken, so it's fine. It doesn't work anymore. Yeah. So... Is it, though? Well, we just don't know. I could do a whole podcast on that, I too. could do a whole podcast on that, too. <laughs> yeah. We'll do it eventually. We'll get there. Yeah, we'll get there. Speaking of the Night's Watch, 
and the North. Mm-hmm. They brought 30 Night's Watch people they down. They did bring 30 Night's Watch people down. I think there must have been, in those days, the watch was absolutely really well populated. I would so think so, right? Bad. Like, Northerners volunteered yeah. to be a part of the Night's Watch, Second Sons. Yeah. So mm-hmm. was this the start of the Night's Watch recruiting to the South? I wonder how that meeting went with Jaharis. Because Jaharis, like we've said, would have known the prophecy, would have known the importance of the Night's Watch. Obviously, they make a point to visit the wall later. Yeah, I think he told Alisan, because also Alisan was really interested in the Night's Mm -hmm. Watch and gave them more. And I think this meeting, probably with the Night's Watch, was the first... Like, because obviously Brandon Stark meets with him. So he probably... They probably talked about it Mm -hmm. and said, you know... I wonder if the Lord Commander of the Night's Watch was one of the 30... Probably. He would have to be, right? I don't know. Because yeah. it would be important for him to go and petition the king yeah. for, yeah. you know, m- more and for men and yeah. for... Oh, we want more. Yeah. Give us more. We want more. But I think this was the fir- one of the first things, times that they'll have sat down and gone, right, well, we need to make this a priority. Fortification of the Night's Watch yeah. needs to be a priority. Priority now. And they, yeah. and they did make it a priority. We'll find out later on what they did, but they did... Jaharis and Alisan made it a priority of theirs to fortify the wall. So yeah, yeah, I love it. I love all that stuff. I like it too. <laughs> one more, one more little little tie-in tidbit from the wedding. Beneath the mm-hmm. sky, the open sky. Oh, the Dothraki, right? Yeah, yeah, very Dothraki yeah. people. Yeah, I don't, it's not intentional, Dothraki of course. People. I don't think they believe there was no. any importance from it that it happened no. there, but but it was. I thought it was a little teeny little mm. tie-in to Daenerys and all the yeah. important things happened beneath it. Yeah, open sky. Every all the important things happen beneath an open sky, and it's yeah, exactly. That's what Daenerys Targaryen will do. Yes, yeah. To conceive. She will conceive the um, the stallion that mounts the world mm-hmm. under an open sky. Yep. Um, and a tiny little nod again to somebody, which is who's important to Daenerys is Barristan the Bold yes. or Barristan the Old. Yeah. When you've got sour faced Sam of Sour Hill or whatever he's called. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. He's an aged one eyed sixty three. I think isn't Barristan sixty three as well? I feel like maybe like that. He, he might be. And he is like incredible. He brings down that horrible whoever his name is with a stick when he's still pretending to be Arstan, Whitebeard. Yes. And there's the person who tries to um assassinate Daenerys. This is just as he re- ends up having to reveal who he truly is and he's like just armed with a stick and Yeah. <laughs> kills the guy yep. viciously it's good so i just think it's like a little nod to you know don't sack old people just because they're older just they're older yeah absolutely yeah. i agree mm-hmm. and it's agreed that um Jaharis's first seven are the most fierce that's ever been mm-hmm. so yeah yeah i tried to look and people. see if any of the other ones felt like a tie to future people that we'll meet but i think that's the point is they're not su- mm. they're not supposed to too, because the ones that we have seen yeah. now are not great. They're not great. They're not great. And they and they all have. Do they all have good names? They all come from lordly places, don't they? The ones and now, the, yeah, yeah. There you got more. But if these were the best of them, then I was swan. like, oh, like maybe one will remind us of Brienne, and one kind of does, but it's not a Kingsguard, but it's someone who came up in this chapter. No. Yeah, John Quildark. John Quildark and the gender nonconforming, and but but yeah. she never gets to be Kingsguard, and I do think Brienne will. No, I do. I think so. Yeah. Well, she is already. Not, she's she's Renly, but she, anyway. But she right? becomes, um, uh, yeah, she does. She becomes Renly's king's guard, but yeah. also she becomes Catelyn's sworn sword. Yeah, and that is what she become. What that's what John Paul Dark becomes, becomes for, for Alison. Yeah, 
Yeah. So there's a sort of similar similarity there. Similarities. That they've become a sworn shield for a very important female character associated with royalty as well. Yeah. And strongly associated yeah. with a primary color. <laughs> yeah. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Um, yeah, actually, I never thought about that blue and the red. Mm-hmm. So that's, I think that's everything I want to say. Yeah. Yeah, I think you want to say? No, I think that's all. Curious to see if um, anyone else thought there were any any mm-hmm. big parallels. I think honestly, just the Rogar Robert is just so overwhelming. Mm-hmm. It's it's consumes yes. you noticing the other little the little ones or yeah yeah that yeah. Are there. Like we recorded, as you know, we've recorded this already. Yeah, and actually, we've talked uh, for about half an hour longer. Of course, <laughs> we thought we'd be quicker the second time. Yeah, but I think because we've noticed it m- more things. Yeah, this time yeah, I think so. I actually think so. we've done a, a better job too at uh, probably being clear. We just improved on ourselves. We just did. Should we do this every time? Every time. Yeah. I'll delete the next one and we'll just... Okay. Great. (laughs) Just accidentally delete it. But we've decided the new system is going to be, we're going to count down and after three, we're both going to save it at exactly the same time. Yes. (laughs) But that's okay. Because I I I do think we made a better episode this time. I think we did a good job. What we'll do is a uh, special exclusive is release uh, Beth's half of <laughs> yeah. crown now yeah. just so that you can hear what she said and you can kind of figure out what I said based on that. Yeah. And you can be the judge. So <laughs> you can be the judge. We'll, we'll, Which was the better yeah. episode? <laughs> Infer <laughs> from best awkward half. silences and silly giggles. <laughs> <laughs> and I talked about railing a lot in the one that never made it. You did. did. You did talk about railing quite a lot this time. Just well. a little bit this so, time. I feel like it was quite a bit. Yeah, it was just a little We bit. talked about lustiness. Quite lustiness. A lot well. We did. Lusty, we did. lusty. Yeah. Anywho, right. on, the, on, on, on that, that lusty, lusty note, note. Yeah. <laughs> we will uh, get this out to you as soon as possible. Yeah. And... Uh, see you and speak to we'll see our we're having a patreon hangout on the 24th so we'll see those guys then mm-hmm. and um if you want to become a patron you can see us too mm-hmm. and don't forget to send us an email <laughs> yes at kiss by fire the podcast at gmail.com yeah 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 all right thanks for listening guys thank you for listening bye, bye.